You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Play ball! Worldwide Sports Radio presents Moffitt on the Mic. Allow me to introduce myself. With Craig Moffitt. How you doing, everybody? It is good to be on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. On a Monday night, you are listening to the Moffitt on the Mic radio show. And the number to call, as always, is 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Moff on the Mic, Twitter at Moffitt on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. I am Craig Moffitt, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. Chris Clem. What's going on, Craig? Rocking the Sacramento Kings jersey tonight, sir. The white chocolate Jason Williams jersey. This is my favorite jersey. You know, he killed the guy, right? Did he actually? I mean, oh, no. oh, that's the other Jason Williams. Whoops. What other Jason? Who was that? You remember? Oh, you no, you weren't born. Too young? I keep forgetting, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting how young you are. Jason Williams was, uh, uh, he was he's, he played for St. John's. He played for the Nets. He was actually like a pretty decent player for the Nets. He was always a little bit of like a whack job. Mm-hmm. And he was in a house. Like he was at his, uh, he had a huge, like a, I think it was called the Who Knew Estate. He had this monstrous house. And uh, he was entertaining some friends, and he had his, like, limo driver in the house and everything, and they were playing. And um, he took out, like, a shotgun. Ooh. I, no, no, this is no, no BS. And uh, I guess he was, like, screwing around with it, and, like, he shot the limo driver. Oh, my God. And he killed the guy. Jesus. And, like, he wanted to, I think he went to jail. Like, he went to jail. I don't know how long he went to jail for, but it was, like, it, it wasn't, like, it wasn't murder. Or I don't think it was murder or, like, manslaughter. I think it was, like, more like, like involuntary manslaughter kind of thing because like you know almost like that he didn't intend to do it just it was like very accidental yeah so i think he went to jail for like a few years but yeah he was a bit of a bit of a whack job jason williams was awesome though with the sacramento kings oh i i watch his highlights he had a very like street hoops type of style to his yeah like i love watching his highlight i must watch him at least once a month because i'm just it's just like it was incredible i showed him to my young i showed his highlights to my younger brother for the first time like last week right and my brother doesn't even watch sports that much, but like I showed him these highlights, and he was like, "This he's guy's have, incredible." He used to have the sickest passes. I remember, like, yeah, when- they were incredible. It was like off the elbow, no look behind the head. I was like, "Is this guy kidding me?" It's crazy. Like his career never panned out. I mean, look, drugs are drugs are a bitch, but I mean, is that really what it was? I think I th- I'm pretty sure it was drugs. He like got into. I that- remember him getting hurt a lot. Like very like after like a few years, he just kind of got hurt a lot. I'm pretty. I, th- I think it was drugs he got into. Um, yeah. So look, we are really excited to uh, the new launch of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're, we're psyched and we appreciate them having us on. And uh, we got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. And again, the number to call is six three one six seven six two nine six eight. Of course, we'll get into that game that took place last night. We'll get into. Uh, we'll talk a little more Anthony Davis drama. Apparently, the Lakers offered the entire roster to Anthony Dave for Anthony Davis and draft picks. I saw that. So there's that. We'll get into that. Uh, Porzingis spoke today. I guess if you wanted to call it that <laughs> for the first <laughs> at his press conference as he was introduced as a member of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, we'll get into four local like we always do, the local teams for the weekend, and uh, a few other things as well. Uh, just a friendly reminder, next Monday night right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on the Moffat on the Mic Show, Andrew Pisano. From the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast is going to be back on the air. We're like alternating Pisano brothers. We are because the first, <laughs> I remember the first time I had him on, I I messaged him right after. I was like, Andrew, it was great having you on, all, all that good stuff. And he, I was like, Yo, we'd love to have you on in the future. And he immediately wrote back, 
He was like, yeah, I'd love to, but my brother called Next Dibs on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I, that's fine with me. I was like, look, that's fine with me. We'll have, well, I guess we'll have a rotation thing going on with you and Joe. So well, Those guys killed it, man. Like when Andrew came on the first time, when Joe came on the second time, it was awesome. We had, we had a lot of fun talking to them. But next week, it'll be Andrew's turn. Yeah, Andrew's turn week right before the Elimination Chamber, which will be interesting. So we got to try to, for, for Mania, Yeah, we got to try to have them both. Well, you know what? We have to try to figure out a way to get them both on, if, you, if it's possible. You know what we could possibly do? I can imagine they come in to New York for for WrestleMania. Like if there was any way they could come in studio, that would be pretty sweet. Exactly. That, you know, I'll, when, that, when that time comes around, I'll, I'll shoot him a message and whatnot. Maybe we'll even talk when we talk about him next week. He'll possibly say yes. All right. Well, so we'll definitely check it out. So definitely next Monday night right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, on the Moffat on the Mic Show, Andrew Pisano from the What's Wrong with Wrestling podcast will be on the air. All right, listen, the Super Bowl has been exhausted to death, so I'm not going to waste too much time on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it was hands down the most boring game I'd ever seen in my life. And I know that there are some people who are sitting there, listen, defense is defense, and both defenses were tremendous. Patriots' defense was tremendous. Rams' defense was tremendous as well. The problem I had was, number one, you see, I thought what ultimately killed this game was Sean McVay. I thought Sean McVay's play calling was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. I don't know why he abandoned the run. He aban- he completely abandoned the run. He did not run the ball nearly as much as he should have. And what the hell? What was up with Todd Gurley? I don't know. Was he's, he hurt? He's got to be injured because everyone's talking about, oh, he's he was hurt these past couple of weeks. But you know what? He didn't he didn't play in the NFC Championship game. He had a week off of rest. He should be good to play, and he didn't. But he still carried the ball like eleven times in the game yesterday, so I can't really figure out like how injured is he. I think I think he's got to be. I think you'll hear the reports coming out soon, like oh Todd Gurley pulled hamstring, Todd Gurley tore this or that, whatever it is. Because he's kind of playing like the role of the good soldier right now. Like he's not really bitter about it, but you get a sense that he's not happy about it. Yeah, almost in a way. Like if he's if he's suited up and ready to go, then he should be in the game. Yeah, that's your. You know, C.J. Anderson is not your primary back. Todd Gurley is your primary back. This is the Super Bowl. You may not get a chance to come back here again. Yeah, and if everyone, you're Sean McVay. And and everyone was talking about, you know, oh, even if T, uh, T, uh, Todd Gurley doesn't play, you got C.J. Anderson. Look, I'm not big on C.J. Anderson. He had two good games. That was it. That was it. There's a and that's what I'm saying though. Like I like if Todd Gurley is your go-to back, he's your bell cow running back top running back in the game right now there's no reason why he should be on the sideline unless but the thing was I hadn't really heard about a Todd Gurley injury all week I knew he had gotten hurt like a few weeks ago but they never made it seem like it was so significant that he couldn't play yeah they never put it out there and they always were like oh but they got CJ Anderson look I like CJ Anderson and everything like that but he's not the running back you need in these type of games. You need Todd Gurley 100% healthy, running downhill like Todd Gurley does. And you didn't have that. But the play calling in itself, Sean McVay got really big into the pass. He was throwing all day. Mm-hmm. He hardly ran the ball. And it showed. And the thing was, like, he killed himself, I think, in the fir- at the end of the first half, too. Because he could have marched down the field in the first half and gotten some points, and then he would have got the ball back. Yeah. And for some reason, after they – it wasn't – um. They didn't fumble. I think I think, they, I think the Patriots just punted, mm-hmm. or something happened, or whatever. And oh, I know what it was. It was um, I think the Patriots went for it and they didn't get it. It was like a fourth down. So the Rams got the ball back. The Rams ran three straight pass plays. They kill. They like kill like ten seconds 
off the clock. And it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was just, And I thought that Sean McVay completely outsmarted himself in that game yesterday. Yeah, and that's exa- he said that after the game, too. He was like, I got outcoached. I got outsmarted, and I got outcoached. See, but I don't think he it. really got outcoached. I think he outcoached himself. I just yeah. think he took himself out of the game. I don't know if it was just because he was overwhelmed by being in the Super Bowl. I don't know if it was a case of, you know, he really didn't give, you know, while we, we could sit here and talk about Jared Goff and how bad he was, I throw a lot of that on McVay, too. Yeah. McVeigh didn't put him in the best position to win that game or to at least be competitive in that game. No, you're absolutely right. Goff, look, and you saw the one drive that they were doing towards the end of the game. It looked good, and then, look, it was a simple mistake, like throwing off your back foot caused the interception. Look, you got you to stay in the pocket. You got to take that hit, and you just got to know better. Well, the funny thing is, like, so last night, you know, this network is on, like, a big chat room or something like that. Yeah. So, like, they were just blowing it up in, like, the second half, right? So, the funny thing was, remember how I told you that I wasn't going to watch the game? Yeah. That I was just, like, it was, like, the, I was the least bit interested. I was not interested in this Super Bowl at all. Mm-hmm. If it had been, like, Patriots-Saints, I would have probably been more interested in that game. Patriots-Rams just didn't really have that, like, yeah. it factor for me. So, I was, like, but then I got invited to go at the last minute by by – um. My daughter's like friends, family. Yeah, they were having some people over, and they're in the Girl Scouts together. Like the my my daughter and her daughter. Which reminds me, I'm gonna need some cookies from you. Ah, oh, <laughs> balls! I just put the order in. <laughs> I do have a funny story about that, though. Right, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So they invited us over. So I'm like, all right, fine. And I'm like, the whole time I'm at the house, I'm like dreading watching this game because I just don't want to see the Patriots win this game. Like, I don't want anything to do with the Patriots winning. So, all of a sudden, in the second half, like, the, the chat room just blows up. Yeah. Okay? Jared Goff sucks. I mean, like, it's just, like, really yeah. ridiculous. Okay. Let me just kind of clear this right now. I don't think Jared Goff sucks. I think Jared Goff's actually a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay? The problem with Jared Goff was, like I said, he was not put in the best position to win that game yesterday. He looked rattled. He looked like a deer in headlights. He didn't look confident. Yeah. And you saw it in his throws. You saw it in his decision-making. Nothing. And the thing was, was I don't know if it's a case of McVay trying to calm him down a little bit on the sideline. Maybe he's getting a little bit. Maybe he's trying too hard. I don't know. I think that McVay did not put him in the best position to win. He didn't put, provide him with a strong game plan. He put the game on Jared Goff's shoulders. Throwing as many times. What do you throw? Like thirty-eight times yesterday? Something like that. I, I have no, I have no idea on the top of my head. I think if the Rams and I was talking to a few of my friends who are Patriot fans, and they even said the same thing. Like you know, they were surprised that the Rams didn't run the ball as much, and they felt like if the Rams had run the ball a little bit more frequently, they would have worn down the Patriots linemen. Yeah, Jared Goff threw it nineteen for thirty-eight, two hundred and twenty-nine yards, interception. Todd Gurley was the leading rusher with 10 carries. Yeah, how many does C.J. Anderson have? Like seven? Seven. That can't happen. You can't run the ball 17 times. You, you just can't. Meanwhile, I mean, come on. Meanwhile, Sony Michelle. And, this, and the, 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 the thing that pisses me off about that, too, is the fact that the Rams weren't down like 31-3. to three. They were down 3 to nothing yeah. for most of the game until they finally tied it in the third quarter. I think they just panicked. I feel like that, you know, you, you really did feel that the Patriots were controlling this game whether it was even though they didn't score, but you felt like they were controlling the game the whole time. I think that's what they were doing. They were trying. They were playing catch up, even though when they didn't have to. And look, Sony Michelle, eight, 18 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Rex Burke had seven carries, 43 yards. Yeah, 
They went over 100. Did and the thing was, and so the whole time I'm watching the game, I said to myself, I said, if the Patriots score a touchdown, this game's over. Mm-hmm. I said, because the Rams had shown me literally nothing. Mm-hmm. They don't, I don't even think they got the ball in the red zone until late in the fourth quarter. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. They, I don't even think they did get it in the Like half zone, the time, actually. I couldn't even, when they got to midfield, I was like, I must have asked myself like three times, I'm like, is this the first time they've gotten to midfield? We watching the game at my house, me, all my friends, have a big party at my house, and we're watching the game, and that stat came up that, yeah, we, did, we didn't even realize that they didn't get into the end zone until, like, the fourth quarter. We were like, what the heck? By the way, what in freaking Jesus is going on over there? They're celebrating, Je- they're celebrating Jesus, exactly. Oh, I should have known. You know what I realized when I walked by? I don't know if you saw it, if you looked inside. They have the, the steel, the metal chairs, like, all decked out nice with the white curtain with the red sash around them. So it must be a kind of an informal maybe a, Maybe something like that. But maybe a wedding? Maybe. <laughs> Look, best part about this game was watching my friend sweat out his bets. So funny. Oh. It was so Which, which leads me to that, too. So I don't normally do Super Bowl pools. Mm-hmm. But my wife did one at the last minute, I think, with her friends from school. And mm-hmm. she had a couple of good she – had, she had a couple of three zeros. Rams 3, Patriots 0, Patriots 3, Rams 0. So I'm like, we get to the fourth quarter, and what's the score? It's 10-3, Patriots. And I'm like, all right, this is good. You know, this is, you know, she's looking good or whatever. And then freaking Guskowski kicks the field goal, and there it goes. <laughs> the money went right down the toilet. So not only the Patriots screwing me because they won another Super Bowl, and I'm a Jet fan watching this, you know, win them, them win a Super Bowl. But then I wind up losing money because friggin' Belichick decided to kick a field goal with like a minute and a half left. And I was like, just go for it. You'll get it. I know you'll get it. I'm confident you'll get it. You know, it's funny you mentioned with the field goal. My, one of my buddies had 3-3. Three, three, and mm-hmm. he was sweating it out that last quarter because he's like, oh, well, there goes my, like, I think it was like 250. 250 for the fourth quarter. And then Zerline misses it. He was like, let's go. He's like, start cheering in my house. And the, the honestly, the best part of it was when they did, they bet my friends bet on the national anthem. I had four people would stop. Oh, for the love of God! I, I mean, had four. I had four people would stop. If you're betting on the national anthem, you need to go to Gamblers Anonymous. Okay? I tell I tell my friend that all the time. I, I my friend bets on like Quinnipiac and Marist. I'm like, you got a problem, bro. Bro, but he I had four of my friends betting on the national anthem, and they were sweating it out because she took that dramatic pause. And it was like that was like an extra ten seconds. So like they were like, let's go. And then she held out the bray, and they were they were like, let's go. And they hit the over and everything. I'm like, this was the I would, it was crying. That's how funny. I wish I got it on video and posted online here. It was that funny. I think uh, I think Matty Caps like won money or something yesterday because it was like on, it was he put it on the chat. Mm. And I just kind of I was this close to just texting back here yeah, before taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Matty Caps, if you like, I hope you're, you know uh, giving us some of that that money. I mean, come on. I actually I think I won some money. You know, I did statement games this week. One of our uh, our beautiful sponsor here at Worldwide Sports Radio Network did my statement, did made my statements, and I came in third. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sh- I'm pretty sure I win something with that. I'm not sure I'm not sure yet, right. but you know, statement games. Great gambling website to go to. It's free. It's easy. Sign up. You make statements, and you win fun prizes. <laughs> Humble plug. <laughs> I can't top that. So. <laughs> so getting back to the game, though. So, look, it wasn't Tom Brady's best game, you know, but when he, but again, when he made the plays, he made the plays. He made the big throw to Gronkowski that set up the Michelle touchdown. You know, his throws, most of his throws all day were all, were bad. Yeah. Outside of the throws to Edelman, because Edelman was the only receiver who really got a strong game yesterday. 
You know, one thing I saw with Brandon Cook, uh, not Brandon, yeah, Brandon Cooks, the the touchdown that McCourty kind of came out of nowhere and knocked it out of his hand. One thing I said was, I said, Goff had nothing on that ball because if he had any type of zip on that ball, McCourty's not getting to it in time. Yeah. Cooks was wide open in the end zone. Goff lobbed it up. Yeah. He lobbed it up and You looked. gave him too much time to run to try to knock it out. And that was a great play by Jason It was. McCourty. It was an amazing great, play Amazing, by Jason gorgeous play. And that's what you want from your, your defensive safety there. So, listen, it was, not a very, it was not a very good Super Bowl just because it wasn't very exciting. From a defensive standpoint, it was terrific. Both defenses were really good. And again, man, and you know, I hate Belichick. And to be honest, he really needs to get that stupid chip off his shoulder with the Jets already because I feel like it's like enough. You've won six Super Bowls. I mean, I don't understand like why you're so you have still have this ridiculous animosity towards this franchise. Yeah. Right? But what he does better than anyone is he takes other teams' trash and makes them studs. Exactly. Okay. Rex Burkhead, for a huge example. Stunk on the Bengals, good on the Patriots. Kyle Van Noy. Danny Shelton, who they got this all pass offseason, a former first-round pick from Cleveland. He was all over the place yesterday. Yeah. Okay? The guy just knows how to take other people's trash and make them into studs. And that's why you always see the Patriots trade out of the first round because they don't need a first-round yeah. pick. They don't need it. They'll, you'll see the Patriots constantly picking the second, third, and fourth rounds. And they'll make those players into stars. But the crazy thing is, see, there's no pressure on them to develop those guys either because half those half the starters don't leave. Why would you leave Bill Belichick? There's no reason to. There's no reason like, to. Like, why would you leave Bill Belichick? And they're like the Patriots. People want to come play for the Patriots. And if the Patriots don't like you, you're out the door. So, Patriots win their sixth Super Bowl. You know, Tom Brady wins the sixth Super Bowl. I was kind of listening to, you know, of course, you know, all of a sudden when Brady wins another Super Bowl, here comes the greatest of all time talk from everybody. And my attitude with this is plain and simple. It's all subjective to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and get into a pissing contest with you over who you think is the greatest of all time. Yeah. I'm not. I have my opinion on who it is. And here's the, here's the thing, though, that a lot of people don't understand is – you know, we weren't around when a lot of good, really good quarterbacks, you know, guys like Tarkenton and, you know, just I'm just running off like yeah. random names, okay? Plunkett, and it just goes on and on. When I was in high school, Aikman was was, was the guy. Was, yeah. the, was the guy. Steve Young was an amazing quarterback. You know, Joe Montana, I was a little too young to really see, no remember Joe Montana from his 49er days. Yeah. But in high school, he was on the Chiefs. So he was, and he was still a good quarterback on the Chiefs too. So everybody has their pick of who the greatest of all time is. You know, honestly, based on the Super Bowls, I am going to go with Brady. I understand he's lost Super Bowls. I'm not saying you know he's lost three, two to the Giants, one to the Eagles, but he's won six. You can't take that away from him. And on top of that. While he may not have been necessarily the MVP, the fact is is the Patriots aren't winning those Super Bowls without him. Exactly. Okay? That team is not good enough to win with a marginally decent quarterback. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you can make the argument, oh, it's Belichick. If Belichick wasn't there, Brady would be nothing. But you know what the thing is? They are together. That's the thing, and that's why Tom Brady, in my opinion as well, will go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Look, I don't care what anyone says. He is the GOAT. People in the NFL crammer for 
or just one Super Bowl appearance. This guy's made nine. Okay, just off that alone, he's the goat. And he's won six. And he's won six. Dan Marino, considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, didn't win any. Just didn't win any. Tom Brady has six. He's up there with Jordan, with rings. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're only behind Bill Russell and Yogi Berra for championship rings. I mean, you could sit there and say, well, he, you know, the, the team wins the Super Bowl. The team does this. True to an extent. Yeah. Okay? Let's call it what it is right now. Chris Hogan. The Patriots aren't winning with a, with a wide receiving core of Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and uh, Philip Dorsett, I think, is the only other guy yeah. I know. Because uh, Josh Gordon, he had to leave the team, obviously. They're not winning a Super Bowl without Tom Brady as their quarterback. They're not. No, they're not. Exactly. They're not. They're not winning a Super Bowl with a, with Jimmy Garoppolo and that team. No, they might make the playoffs. That's a different story. But they are not going to these Super Bowls. You think anyone else is throwing that dime over the shoulder pass to Gronk to get lead them into the end zone? No. Look at these past Super Bowls. It all come down to Tom Brady making this amazing play. And I I think I said it on. Here last week, it's going to come down to you need you need the better quarterback, and Tom Brady is the better quarterback between Goff and him. That's what it is. It all and, it's sad to say. And the thing is, look, he's you know he's going to be forty two next year, mm-hmm. okay, and he's already said he's coming back next year. And I definitely think you'll see that you're going to see it deteriorate a little bit next year. I don't think he's going to be that effective because the thing is that this this model can only run for so long. Eventually, teams are going to wise up to it. Eventually, teams are going, you know, the dynasty is going to end. Okay? We just don't know when it's going to end. I mean, j- j- but fans, I would say Jet mo- fans hope soon. <laughs> well, the thing is, look, and this is like one of the things that bothers me about the Jets in many ways because you watch a team like this and then you watch what the Jets put out on the field every week. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm not saying the Jets aren't talented players. They have talented players on their team. The problem I have with the Jets is, is that I don't see – I've never seen that killer instinct the way I see it in New England. The way I just see the way they're methodical. The way they just kind of pick apart a team. The schemes. The game planning. They're always prepared. It's very rare they're not. I don't see that with the Jets. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. Okay? And the one thing I was talking, you know, this morning with, uh, you know, Keith – we were talking about Christopher Johnson, and I and he was like he was pretty much saying he was not a fan. And I turned around and I said, "Look, I don't mind Christopher Johnson, but what I do have a problem with is this no playoff mandate crap, because that is not what you tell your fans. Mm-hmm. You do not tell your fans that there is no playoff mandate. You don't tell your fans, ah, he could take his time. He doesn't. We don't need to get anywhere anytime soon." Because even bad teams know the script. Yeah. And the what is the script, Clem? It's always, well, our goal is to get to the playoffs. We're going to work hard to try to get to the playoffs this year. You know, that's always the goal is to win the go to the playoffs and then eventually win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Jets are coming out and basically saying, yeah, we don't have to get to the playoffs this year. We got time. You know, we got time for some. Adam Gase is an experienced coach. He's an experienced coach now. He has three years of experience as a head coach. You need to turn the screws to a guy like Adam Gase. And you need to tell him point blank, like, listen, I don't need to go to the Super Bowl this year, but I need to see some improvement. Yeah. 
you need to get this team to at least nine and seven. There's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, is with the Patriots, it doesn't matter who you replace. Chris Hogan will probably be gone after this year. He'll probably get a lucrative offer from another team because he's a Patriots guy. Unless he decides he wants to go back to New England, which wouldn't I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, who wouldn't want to go back to the Patriots? They're the Yankees of the football. They'll find somebody else, though. Yeah. I think even you said it, like Cole Beasley. Cole, Cole Beasley would, like, I could totally see him being on the Patriots. Cole Beasley would be good. And look, it's that, it might be that stigma of small white wide receivers, and that's cool. But you know what? For some reason, it works in New England. They like their white wide receivers, man. It, it works. <laughs> Julian, Chris Hogan played one year of football, played four years of lacrosse at Mammoth. And this guy is, I'm not saying he's a stud, but he works with the Patriots. Okay, they find garbage and turn it into gold. But it was like, when we were talking about the Miami Dolphins, okay? The Miami Dolphins signed Danny Amendola. Mm-hmm. Why? What is he going to do for you? He's, he's, he's a complimentary piece at best. At best. He is nothing more than a complimentary piece. He's not a guy that, for a team like the Dolphins, who have always been kind of swimming in mediocre waters... He's not the guy that's going to get you over the hump. Mm-hmm. For a team like the Patriots, he makes perfect sense. Yeah. For a team like the Saints, he makes perfect sense. Even for the Rams, he makes perfect sense. But sometimes I just don't understand like when, when teams go down that road. The Patriots always find ways to make, like I said, make chicken salad out of chicken. And we'll yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay? They find these guys. And everybody second guesses a lot of the signings they make. And then they go to New England, and they're great. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a good team. But at the same time, why is Chris Hogan so good? Why is Julian Edelman so good? Why is Gronkowski so good? It's because of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. It's because of Tom Brady. People will not give Tom Brady the greatest of all time label because he's lost Super Bowls. That's the main reason. Which is crazy. They want to lean it towards Montana because Montana won four and didn't lose any. But that's cr- even crazier to think about, too, because, look, like, like I said just moments ago, people just want to get to the Super Bowl, and then that will be something on their resume. Like, oh, they played in the Super Bowl. They played in this. They've done that. Brady's played in nine Super Bowls, 13. I'm pretty sure it's 13, 14 AFC championship games. No other quarterback, let alone player or coach or franchise, I think has ever done that. But think about it like this. We were talking – I was listening to one of the shows today, and they were talking about the uh, – I think they were talking about the Falcons, the Falcons Super Bowl, the one that Eric and I were killing. Speedy. Kyle Falcons. Shanahan and Speedy. <laughs> right? Kyle Shanahan and Speedy. It's an interesting tag team. Right? So Kyle Shanahan, it's like a – it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan pretty much ruined the second half for them because he went he instead of just running the football, he just went to pass. Okay? He passed he passed relentlessly. What did that do? It gave Tom Brady chance after chance after chance to come back. And what did Tom Brady do? He came back and yep. put them back in the game, got them to overtime, and then they won the game. Okay? You can't deny that. But you can't sit there and say you know, a, a lot of it's nitpicking, I always find. That's why I don't like the greatest of all time debates mm-hmm. because everybody has their favorite. Your dad might think, oh, back in the day, so-and-so was just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, but that's okay. You can think that way. There's nothing wrong with that. 
When I see a guy who's won six Super Bowls, who's had to hear probably all year how the Patriots are not the Patriots, they're not as good as they, they've used to be and all that, you know, in the past and everything. And then they come out, and then they beat the Texans. Not the Texans, I'm sorry, the um, – crap, who did, they, who did they beat in the second round? Um, it wasn't Chargers. The, Texans, the Chargers. Okay, they beat the Chargers, and they beat the Chiefs in overtime. And then they win the Super Bowl. You know, he plays – I mean, he plays a significant role on this team. Now, at the same time, another guy that plays a significant role in the Patriots is Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with a guy like Sony Michelle, who you can run – he's young. He's What is he, 22, 23? Yeah, I think probably okay. even younger. I mean, I won't call him an elite running back yet, but he's pretty much almost there. He's getting there. He carries the ball in big spots. He makes plays. And when he makes plays, what that does is it eases the pressure off your 41-year-old quarterback to carry the team on his back. That's why the Patriots are where they are every year. Belichick plays a role in that, too. His coaches play a role in that, too. He just lost another one today. Brian Flores is going to the Dolphins to be the, the new head coach. And Shiano's going to take over defensive coordinator, from what I've read. Ooh, Shiano? Really? Yeah. Okay. At least that's what that's what they're – it's not official yet. I don't think it's official, but I, it's pretty much going to happen. I can get behind that. That Greg Shiano's going to be the new DC of uh, the Patriots. <laughs> But this is what they do, man. They win championships, and it's amazing. Nobody knows how to beat this team. Andy Reid couldn't beat them. The Chargers, who everybody thought this was going to be the year for the Chargers. A lot of people love the Chargers this year. I did. Okay. And they got their doors blown off in Foxborough. Well, there's only one guy who knows how to beat the Patriots. It's Tom Coughlin. <laughs> well... You could also talk to Doug Peterson about that, too. <laughs> so before you, you know, because I, I was waiting for the Giant fans to be like, oh, yeah, well, they can't beat the Giants. Well, they can't beat the Eagles either because they lost to the Eagles. Right? Oh, my gosh. So, well, listen, I hate seeing them win championships, but you respect it. Yeah. And that's the important thing. Yeah, and we're going to be, look, when you probably have kids and when you when your daughters grow up, you can be say, hey, we watched the greatest the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of Absolutely. all time. We're going to be able to say I'm going to be able to say that to my kids and grandkids that we saw the greatest quarterback torturize the Jets for years. Yes, <laughs> just like Dan Marino used to do. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, this is what I hate, right? Because I was thinking about this too this morning. So the Patriots have won six Super Bowls. Yeah. And every time they win a Super Bowl, like a piece of me just dies, right? Because I just think that the because I I'm convinced the Jets will not win a Super Bowl until after I'm dead. It reminds me of when the Yankees dominated the 90s, like 96. Oh, yeah. And that was just torture for me as a Mets fan to watch the Yankees just dominate. Look, I'm glad I was only like, you know, three when I when that was going on. I don't remember anything because I probably would have – I'd probably be in the same boat as you. <laughs> but I'm saying like – but think about it though, right? Mm-hmm. Because here you go. You're watching, you're a med fan. Now, you weren't around, I was around more for watching Bernie Williams just kill, you know, Derek Jeter in his prime, Rivera, who was lights out, Wetland. Well, I don't like to mention Wetland because of the child porn charges, right? But that team was was dominant, and it's the same thing now. 
It's like my only glimmer of hope for a possible championship right now are the Islanders. Yeah, they literally are. Everyone knows the Knicks ain't going anywhere. The Jets, they're in a complete rebuild. And the Mets, you they you have hope every year, but, you know, they crap the bed. So Yeah. But what's done is done. And now we're on to a new season. And in typical Jet fashion, what do they do, Clem? They put a freaking picture of Darnold and Jamal Adams that says, oh, everybody's 0-0 now. And that's exactly why the Jets always embarrass themselves. <laughs> like, whoever does the social media for the Jets, like, seriously, yeah, really needs to, like, I don't know. I don't want to say be fired, but I mean. Come on. Like, is this what you have to look forward to? Okay, we're 0-0 now. We'll just be 4-12 and again next year. <laughs> so, uh, two other notes before we go to break. This has nothing to do with football. Okay. Okay. Number one, the halftime show was awful. Stunk. Awful, awful, awful. Terrible. And this guy on Channel 11 News this morning hit the nail on the head about Maroon 5. I used to be a fan of Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. Their first album is actually really good if you listen to it. But they sold out. And you can tell they sold out in the next few albums because it's just too poppy. It's like it's it's annoying. The first album is great. After that, though, it's it's garbage. He hit the nail on the head. He said, Maroon 5 have good songs. Mm-hmm. But they just don't have like that showmanship for a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, it's not like... Uh, Their performance doesn't stand out because they're not the most, like... They're not Bruno Mars. They're not Prince before he passed. They're not Justin Timberlake. Exactly. They're not Lady Gaga. No yeah. one like that. They no. don't have that showmanship. They don't have that, like, spectacular stage presence to them. They're a rock band. That's what they are. Yeah, and they're not, you know, like, Queen or Guns N' Roses, yeah. Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, anyone like that. Maroon 5. So the thing is, that's why it was boring. Mm-hmm. Travis Scott cursed through the whole thing, so I couldn't even get to half of the lyrics because they were all bleeped out pretty but he, much. They screwed him, too. He was on for like 60 seconds, and that was it. SpongeBob, SpongeBob stole the halftime show. Okay, let's real quickly. If that doesn't tell me that Dean Ambrose is leaving, I don't know what does. He just jobbed to EC3. Hey, Off I, of a sunset flip, for crying out loud. Appa- apparently, um, they're trying to turn Dean face now. That's what oh, I heard. Please get out of here. Oh, look, my jersey is on TV. <laughs> Mighty Ducks, baby. So <laughs> the halftime show was just, to Terrible. me, was a disaster. Terrible. But I think that ever since that whole wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, they've mm-hmm. really kind of, it's been very B-level with the exception of like Bruno Mars. Lady Gaga. And like Lady Gaga and like Paul McCartney. You know, like, everyone was expecting... Big boy to bring out Andre 3000 and which he should have. He really should have. He really should have. And everyone thought that, um, well, my girlfriend thought Christina Aguilera was going to come out with Maroon, for Maroon 5 for us, uh, moves like Jagger. Yeah. It's and like then, you're not going to do anything like that. When it was Bruno Mars, he brought out Missy Elliott. <laughs> Missy Elliott's a great person to bring out. I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga brought someone out cool, too, and so did Justin Timberlake. I know what the crazy thing is. Lady Gaga doesn't need to bring anybody out. Exactly. Because she's such a good performer. I finally saw a Star is Born oh, how was over it? the weekend. It was, it was amazing. It was, it, it was so good. I keep hearing great things about it. Like, both Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were sick in that movie. And Lady it. Gaga was – and, like, that, I'm a fan because she can do pretty much – she's like the new – it's almost like she's the female version of Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Justin Timberlake can not only act – 
but he can sing, he can, you know, all that stuff. She's kind of the same thing. And yeah. she was really good in this movie. But, like, Maroon 5 just lacks that. Maroon 5 would have been better as, like, you could have had Travis Scott been the head half you could act, and it would have been better than Maroon 5. You He could have. There, look, Travis Scott's a bigger star in the world right now than Maroon 5. And, yeah, Travis Scott played his, his best song, Sicko Mode, and it was good. It was a cool transition from SpongeBob to... Travis Scott, but, but no, all, but nobody. Like, but the thing is, nobody wants to like. Nobody wanted anything to do with this Super Bowl performance. Yeah, so it suffered. You know, it kind of reminded me of you just mentioned because no one wanted to do with it. We had DNCE. Do you know who DNCE yeah, is? Yeah, the Nick, the Nick, Nick, the uh, Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas. We had them come and perform at our spring fling. No one went to go see them. Oh really? We had all the like you know the fraternities, sports teams. They all get together and party on the lawn. And I remember student life, like the people who work for student life, was coming out and be like, "Hey, can you guys like telling the people in the fraternity?" Hey, See, but they're not a college band, though. That's the problem. They're like they're a pop band. They're yeah, and like to be honest, no twenty year old is gonna go run up and go see Nick Jonas, uh, Joe Jonas. Like, it was, but the thing is, they're not a bad group because they're different. They're not like the way they're not like the Jonas Brothers. Ones. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, they're, but not. They're not. To but the, they're not. They're not a college group. Yeah, you got to get like a college band. I thought, yeah, because when you said they said that well, it stunk, it, just, it that's what it reminded me of. Like that, no one was into it. it like as soon it. as he came out and like sang the first song, I was like, nope. Like I yeah. could just tell, like he just he didn't sound that great, and I just thought overall the performance was really stale. Yeah, and it just had no really excitement to it. Like they did a couple of cool things, but like just for and like kind of quite frankly, I kind of thought the the whole halftime. I don't know. I, I don't want to say the halftime show has become a little overrated. Because I think more people look up, look forward to that who are not football fans. Mm. Just like with the commercials. Yeah. Like the commercials, like over the past few years to me, have not had the same impact as they did years before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like nobody cares about the commercials. No. There was a couple good commercials. Like the only commercial I was like hoping I would see, honest to God, was a preview for John Wick 3. And I've seen the preview online, but it would have been cool to see it on like a, on a TV, on like a big screen TV. Well, the only commercial I was really looking forward to is I saw it on Instagram, Twitter, and they were saying that Game of Thrones commercial was going to be previewed possibly during the commercial. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. And it was the Bud Night, and it was just getting wrote. It got. But I still think, but again, like that, like I never got into Game of Thrones. Yeah. Everybody, like, people, I think, overrate the show. Like, they think it's, like, the greatest show, like, that ever. And I watched it a few times. Like, I've watched a season, and I had a hard time getting into it. Like, I had a really hard time getting into it. See, like, you're one of the the few people I've talked to who've, like, at least tried it. And like didn't like it. Like every everyone I talked to who's watched it, and they were like, "I love it." It was like, like Walking Dead, right? No, every, I don't watch Walking Dead. Everybody like like my at work, I, I call it Walking Dead Roundtable <laughs> because there's like five people who talk about Walking Dead whenever the season's on, and you have to talk about it all the time. Yeah, and like I always break their, I always bust their chops, and I'm like, I'm like, you guys know that how this ends, right? Like somebody trips over the virus, and then it gets out into the world. I'm like, didn't you see Resident Evil? You know, it's the same thing. Well, Game of Thrones. And, like, people get really pissy at me when they do that. But the thing is, is, like, I've always thought Game of Thrones was a bit overrated. Just the way people talk about it is, like, the greatest show ever, and I completely disagree. I'm going to have to disagree But, again, fine. And that's cool, man. (laughs) I'm not expecting you to agree with me on everything. It's all good. That's what the the beauty of the show is. We don't have to agree on everything. I personally don't like it. It's cool if you do. That's all. But getting back to what I was saying before, the commercials in general lately have just not been good. Yeah. 
And like the funny thing is, I always said, I was telling my friend at work today, the funniest commercial I'd, I've seen, they only aired it once during the Super Bowl. It was during the 2003 Super Bowl. It was for FedEx. And they spoofed um, Castaway, mm-hmm. the Tom Hanks movie. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. Okay. Remember the scene when he finally gets off the island and he delivers the package? Yeah. Right? So he finally shows up and they spoof it because, like, the guy gets out of the car. He's got the long hair. He's got the beard and everything. Like, you know, like, he looks like he's, like, literally just came off the island. He's wearing, like, the denim shirt and yeah. everything. And he rings the doorbell and he tells the woman at the door, he's like, you know, he's like, I've been on a deserted island for five years. And they cut back to flashbacks of him, like, just going completely insane on the island and everything like, and stuff. And he goes, but I promised that I would, you know, deliver this package. And she goes, wow, that's really great. Thanks. And he goes, so what's in the package? And she opens it up. She goes, no, nah, nothing special. Just a satellite phone, a GPS tracker, a water purifier. <laughs> it's like everything he needed to survive on the island and everything. And he never opened the package. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, and they only played that one time during the Super Bowl and he never played it again. I used to like the Doritos commercials they used to do. Those used to be funny, but now they kind of stink. Or even when they used to do the commercials for like Budweiser with like the yeah. horses. And like when they like the second one, when they had the. The zebra was like in the viewfinder for like the instant replay. I and remember stuff like that. that. So, but the commercials in general have been pretty crappy for the most part. And this year was no different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't really anything that stood out at all. And so, but again, Patriots are the champions. Congratulations. Uh, football's finally over. NFL football's finally over. Free agency starts next month. So that should be a lot of fun. All right. So, Clemens, we're going to do. Let's go to break. We'll go to. We'll, t- we'll take a very quick break. We'll come back. We're going to do four local. We're going to do. We have a few other other like random topics to talk about as well. Stuff mm-hmm. involving uh, Nick Foles, Jason Garrett, uh, just to name a few. So we'll get into all that as you are listening to the debut of the Moffat on the Mike Radio Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So definitely, again, the number to call is 631-676-2968. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into a little four local as we'll, we'll look over all the uh, local teams from over the weekend. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and we'll be back right after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh. Yeah, you're going to have to start running your music selections by me now. (laughs) This match ends with Angle turning on Strowman. It's going to be so bad. (laughs) Wait, so what was the announcer from Angle? Did he even make one? Oh, he... uh, Was he going to retire or something like that? Oh, I saw it on Cade Side Seats before. I didn't even bother to look at it because I saw... Access got announced, so... Um, oh, did it did? When is it? It is... Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's um, April... F- I know 4th? it's a Friday to Monday this year. It is... I'll give you in, like, three seconds. Okay, it is... The exclusive ticket presale will run from... Oh, that's the exclusive ticket. I don't care about that. Um, Thursday, April 4th to Monday, April 8th. Where, where at? Brooklyn Pier 12 in Brooklyn. Oh, come on. Couldn't put it in Jersey. You know, it's a pain in the ass to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. Ugh. 
I want to take my daughter, but it's like I don't want to go to freaking Brooklyn. Look, as long as I get to meet Ronda Rousey, I don't care where it is. Well, then again, I guess for the Riot Squad, I, I'll do anything. Uh, general admission tickets, 55, VIP, 125, premium VIP, 190. I don't like the fact that they sell autographs. That bothers me. They, have this, they sell those too? That's not included Not that they sell ticket? autographs, but it's like you if you want to meet, like for example, if you wanted to meet like Finn Balor, you have to buy the premium VIP ticket. Oh. They they really they relate the wrestlers to like the ticket. Oh, so like for the general missionary ticket, I'm probably gonna get like Baron Corbin. You might get something like that. Oh, so I so if I want to see Ronda, I gotta spend two hundred dollars. Well, it's how bad do you want to see Ronda? I, bad. She but, may not be in the federation for much longer if she loses to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Two hundred dollars, a lot of money. <laughs> Clem, what? Remember, this is your girl. Oh, well, wait a minute. I don't even know now because if I got Isaac back on the phone, we would be having the Paige Van Zandt Ronda debate. Oh no, it's, which it, one is it, hotter? It's it's always going to be Ronda. It's always going to be Ronda, no matter what. But Paige Van Zandt is very good looking. I, there's no denying that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, when do they go on sale? Did, they, does it announce the wrestlers like who's going to sign nah, autographs on which day? No, nah, the uh, probably that, later. that yeah that doesn't come out yet. But the uh, exclusive presale. Will run from February sixth, ten a.m. to February seventh. Hmm. That's the pre-sale. So I can imagine. Uh, oh, the tickets for will begin on the eighth. After that, so I guess I could go that Sunday, the day of Mania, because Saturday is. Um, it's like uh, well, it's not going to be NXT. It's actually WWE Day at City Field. Oh they're, yeah, they're having a few. I don't know who's going to be there. But um, I want to try to get tickets for my daughter because I want her to meet the wrestlers and stuff. That Saturday, I, that Saturday, they have two sessions that Saturday. It's from 1 to 5 and then from 6 to 10. So if you what want. What about Sunday? Sunday, you have 8 to 12. 8 a.m.? 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Oh, because Mania is in the afternoon, so it makes yeah. sense. You know what sucks about this, though? It's like that week, we have a really big group coming into the hotel, and I can't take a day off. Is it WWE people? No. Oh. I can't say what it is, actually. It's actually kind of a big deal. Ooh. No, it's just it, – I don't want to – I don't think it's a good idea to, to <laughs> say what it is. Um, but I got to figure this out. Yeah. I really do have to figure this out. Because, like, Thursday – that Thursday is opening day. Yeah. And I want to try to – my dad wants to go to opening day this year. So I have to figure out if he like, – if uh, Who the Mets playing on opening day? The Nationals. Ooh. Okay. And I think the Mets are on the road to start the season, and then the opening day is a week later. Mm. All right. But then the Friday after, I know I'm going to have to work late. And then Saturday, I was going to take her to the game. And then Saturday, no, I can't do Brooklyn. So it'd have to be Sunday or Monday. You can always take Monday off. Yeah. They always call out on Monday. Monday is from 12 to 4. That's not bad. That's not bad, yeah. Thing is, will my wife let me pull my daughter out of school that day, though? Because if I get tickets, like, I would love to get tickets to see Raw at the Barclays. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get, me and my buddy are trying to get NXT and Raw tickets. Oh, you can get those on StubHub, dude. Just go on StubHub and buy them. Don't even waste your time trying to buy them a Ticketmaster. Oh, I don't. I want to try to go. Actually, I want to get tickets for the Ring of Honor show. The Ring of Honor New Japan show at the Garden. See? If, you know, I, w- I would say the same thing, but, I mean, if Cody Rhodes of the Young Buck and Kenny Omega stayed, I probably would have. But, you know, they're not there anymore. Well, we don't know where Kenny Omega's going yet. Yeah, but, but I mean, dude, Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, the Briscoes, that's that's still yeah, a pretty badass yeah, card, yeah. man. You're right. You know, it's still pretty strong. 
All right, we have 10 minutes. Should we go? You want to do four local now? You want to wait till after, like, the second hour starts? Whatever you want to do is your show. You, I know, but, I mean. <laughs> you just want to do four local? So it's a little overwhelming being in the new network. Yeah. You know? well, I'm, I'm not used to I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm still kind of trying to get out of my head the whole, the, uh, the old banner. <laughs> yeah, I, here, we'll start out with this. We, me and my friends, we had this debate on our school show. Who's better safety? Jamal Jamal Jesus Adams Christ. or Landon Collins. You get you can't throw any by throw Jets biases out the door. Who, right now, who do you, who would you if you were to pick uh if you were to pick between Landon Collins and uh, Jamal Adams right now, who would you pick? I'd pick Jamal Adams. So would I, and that's not being that look. And I can. It's not biased towards Jamal Adams. Landon Collins didn't really have a good season last year. He did. He, he, he was not he have was one of his injured. better seasons. He was, he was a little injured last year. But the thing is, like, that I see from Jamal Adams, this dude runs over offensive linemen and gets to that quarterback. I don't see. Re- I don't really see Jamal Adams. I mean, he seems more determined. The only thing I don't like about Jamal Adams lately is I feel like he's running his mouth a little too much. He's got to try to curb that a little bit. He is. But the one thing I do like is he is talking with Le'Veon. About coming to the Jets, which I do like, and we we you don't really see that from NFL players, like players trying to recruit other players to come play with them. No, I, I like the fact that he's going out and at least talking to them. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. You know, like you got to be careful though, because you know what borderline is tampering. tampering. And, yeah, you know he's not a free agent yet. You know, technically the the league year is not over. Okay, and the Steelers can do a lot of different things. But right now, it's hard to really say what they're going to do yet. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact he's reaching out to like guys like Antonio Brown, and you know I think that's good. We haven't really had a guy like that in a while. Yeah. You know, even Sam kind of admitted. Even Sam kind of said that he was going to try to recruit guys. I don't know who he knows, <laughs> but the fact is, is don't get it twisted because I think there are guys who would want to play on the same team with Sam Darnold. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, they see that they if they can see the potential in Sam Darnold, like everyone else sees. You mean to tell me if you can be can't be part of this kid's future and help him build into whatever he is and be and just even just play with this kid? They want to play with him. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell you what. Let's do four local now. Then we'll go to break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back, and then we'll do the rest of the stuff in the second hour. All right. Okay. First up for four local, as you know, this is always where we talk about the local topics of the weekend. Um, ex- obviously, the elephant in the room for this weekend was the Super Bowl, so there wasn't really too much focus on the New York teams in general. But I managed to find four stories, <laughs> so uh, we'll start with the Knicks, who uh, lost yesterday to the Memphis Grizzlies. They lost uh, ninety-six eighty-four, and um, there was the debut of DeAndre Jordan, the debut of Dennis Smith Jr. and Wes Matthews, and. Uh, DeAndre Jordan had a double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds. Dennis Smith had eight points in his debut. Wesley Matthews, five. Uh, it's starting to look like Wesley Matthews may not be on the Knicks for very long, that he could be on his way out by the, the trade deadline is Thursday. So he could be one of the many guys out. Um, Enos Cantor, for some ridiculous reason, didn't play again yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Uh, and Jokum Noah got booed out of Madison Square Garden because I forgot he was on the Grizzlies. <laughs> I forgot he was on the Grizzlies, right? Oh, that's hilarious. But um, – Overall, you know, again, this is this is just what it is with the Knicks. Like I said, their their nice way of saying tanking is they're evaluating. They're not evaluating anything. No, they're not. They know what they are. They know they're terrible. They are going to lose out as many games as they can because they want to get that number one pick or at least get something very close to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the prize. You start selling players on a team, on teams like 
Zion Williamson and you try to sell him on the future, and then you could try to recruit other free agents for Zion Williamson. Yeah. So the Knicks know what they're doing. They're not stupid. David Fisdale, I forgot who told me this. Actually, it was my friend's son yesterday at the party. He always said, he goes, why does David Fisdale always look like he's nervous about something? Like he looks really, <laughs> he looks like really puzzled. Like every time you look at him and stuff, like it's actually really funny. Um, but the Knicks suffer a tough loss. Thursday is a trade deadline. There's a lot of options right now on the table of who could be moved. Um, Enos Cantor is most likely a possibility. Nilakina could be a possibility. Um, but so now the latest news on Anthony Davis was we'll get into the Lakers stuff later. But Anthony Davis is now saying that the Knicks are a team that he would consider signing a long-term extension with. I saw that. He said it was the Knicks, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken. And my question is, why the Knicks? I don't know. Unless I don't, unless it's just the Garden. I, that would be the only thing. See, but again, though, that just... Yeah, no, I'm I, I, so I, sick of hearing about Madison Square Garden, why these players want to come and play at Madison Square Garden. Nobody wins there. Nobody wins there. No, I agree with you 100%, but that could be literally the Wait, let me re- let me wait. There'll be a winner next week when the Westminster Dog Show announces best in show on Tuesday. <laughs> that's there's your winner at Madison Square Garden, folks. No, nah, I think that's the only reason. It's either that or he really likes David Fisdale and Dennis Smith Jr. That but, might be that might but be that, it. But that's what my my question is. What is so freaking special about David Fisdale? Cuz I haven't figured it out yet. LeBron James seems to be like I mean, he he carries like an erection for this guy, and I don't understand why. David Fisdale, to be brutally honest, well, I think he's a good coach. The problem is, is that I feel like he's rubbing people the wrong way a little bit. Some of these players. How are you not starting? Like, I, I've said this over and over on the show, and I'm going to say it again. How are you not starting Enos Cantor? Why is he not starting? Your team is terrible. It doesn't matter. He can't play 48 minutes. He just seems to rub people the wrong way, and it started with the Marcus All story. We all thought it was Marcus All that was the prima donna. Now we're starting to see a little bit different because not only did Marcus All have a problem with him, we don't really know if anybody else on the Grizzlies roster had a problem with him, but apparently Porzingis had a problem with him, and Enos Cantor has has a problem with him. Enos Cantor has no clue why David Fisdale has such a has such an axe to grind with him. But I'm so tired of these players like LeBron James coming out and saying, oh, David Fizzle's a fantastic coach. Well, if he's such a fantastic coach, why aren't you on the Knicks? Why aren't you on the Knicks? If David Fizdale is this amazing coach that you talk up so much, why aren't you on the Knicks right now with him? I don't get it. I am so sick of hearing about Madison Square Garden. It is an overrated arena. Overrated to the max. I agree with you one hundred percent. You hit it right on. You hit it the nail on the head there. I mean, there's literally no reason why players should be begging to come here. Not begging because he's not Anthony Davidson. But there's begging. nothing here. There's what, nothing here. Den- what is there to play for right now in New York? There is no guarantee they're going to get anybody. No. Right yeah. now they've yeah. done they've done the right thing though. They've freed up the cap room. They have the two first-round picks. They, that's how they can entice people to come here. 
but there's no guarantee they're coming here. Yeah. None. Zero. Look, unless Anthony Davis is going off the fact that he sees tons of potential in Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, and the possibility of getting R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, or Zion Williamson. That those can be the only reasons why I could see AD wanting to come to play for the Knicks, which I can get behind a little bit because Dennis Smith does have potential. Kevin Knox is still young and does have potential, and you still can get RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, or Zion Williamson. And that's what I'm saying, though. But it's just like, but it's just this fascination. Oh, I only want to. It's like it's like when guys like Kevin Shattenkirk go. Oh, I only want to play for the Rangers. Why? They haven't won a cup since '94. That's 25 years. I mean, yeah, they've been to they've been to playoffs. They went to the they went to the Stanley Cup Finals a few years ago. They lost to the Kings. But I mean, for crying out loud, why is why is so many so many people infatuated with playing at Madison Square Garden? I just I I really do. I think it's hysterical. Anthony Davis is going to come here. You know what's going to happen? Nobody's going to come here. Just like with Melo, Anthony just. Davis is going to hemorrhage all the money on their cap. And they're not going to be able to get who they need to get. And it's going to take a lot more than Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving to win a title. So it's just like, I, I mean, I, I, okay, fine, but I just don't get it. The Knicks are 10-42. and 42. They are 10-42, and 42, and you want to come play here. See, at least when Melo wanted to come play here, Stoudemire was here and they made the playoffs the year before. Okay, you can get behind that. Anthony Davis... Wants to come to a losing team. First of all, you're already on a losing team that you're not making any better. No offense, Anthony Davis. But what makes you think you're going to make the Knicks better? Okay? The Pelicans stink. The Knicks stink. And you're already on the Pelicans. So what makes you think that the, you're going to make you're gonna make the Knicks better? Oh, I'm going to come play for the Knicks. It's not guaranteed you make this team better. First of all, let's get this straight right now. Okay? The fact is, is that if you, if Anthony, first of all, if this deal that's been rumored to go from the Lakers to the Pelicans, the Pelicans better jump on that deal in 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. You get Kuzma, Ball, Rondo. uh, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Two first round picks and you get Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley. Take that deal. (laughs) That's a great deal. Look, you still, I mean. Magic Johnson's an idiot. First of all, for even offering it. You literally offered half your roster. Yeah, so they're going to be signing bums from the street. You're, <laughs> you're trading both. You're trading all three of your point guards. Who's going to be running point? LeBron? <laughs> like I said, I just, don't, I just don't get it. But again, what do they have to... The Knicks have nothing to offer right now. Especially after they traded Porzingis. Yeah, they are offering a pipe dream. That is all they're offering. And they're, it, it, Yeah, and it's the pipe dream. And if, you know, if there was an actual trade to come out there... It would have to be this this first round pick this year, that would be it. But then you lose on the chance of getting Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, or R.J. Barrett. You like, lose that opportunity if for trading for AD. You have to figure out. Like the thing is, what are the Knicks trying to do? Are you trying to rebuild this team, or are you trying to? And don't. And the thing is also, don't even think about getting Lonzo Ball. That was another thing. If like Davis was going to go to the Pelican, let from the to the Lakers. And Lonzo Ball is going to go to the Pelicans. Lonzo Ball wants no part of playing in New Orleans. He's trying to push to go to New York. You don't want LeVar Ball here. Oh, you don't yeah. want freaking LeVar Ball here. With David Fisdale, forget it. That'll it, be interesting. It, you, don't want this, you don't want this douche here. Trust me on this one. Okay? 
LeVar Ball doesn't realize he's inadvertently killing his son's career. Lonzo Ball's a good player, but this guy's going to be following him around all the time. I just don't understand why players think playing at Madison Square Garden is like playing in, I don't know, give me a place. (laughs) City Field. No. No. Um, Like freaking Xanadu or something like that. Or like, I I don't get it. Like, what what is it about Madison Square Garden that just drives people crazy? We get it. Billy Joel has a month, has a year of residency. We get it. Is that it? Maybe 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 they maybe they get free Billy Joel tickets whenever they get come to the Knicks. Yeah, they can they can go watch the Big East tournament, which is awesome. The Big East tournament's a lot of fun to watch. It's very you know because the fans are just cutthroat. <laughs> but I'm saying like, what is here that's like you have to come play at Madison Square Garden? I don't know. What can't you get? Like for example, if you're a hockey player, why don't why wouldn't you go play for the Islanders right now? Yeah, who are leaps and bounds better than the Rangers? Do people want to go play for the Rangers? It's the same thing even with the Mets and Yankees. Even if the Mets were to still become good and better for the Yankees for the next five years, people would still want to play with the Yankees because they're the Yankees. It's just It just blows my mind. Like, it really does. And like I said before, if, if all these players are jumping on David Fisdale's nuts, why aren't you here to play for David Fisdale? Like, LeBron James had a chance to go to New York, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He did. And he went right to the Lakers. And yeah, exactly. And you brought in Fizdale for the hope that that LeBron would come and play for New York. Fizdale was hired before LeBron became a free agent. At least I think he was. But I'm saying, if David Fizdale is this great coach, and I like David Fizdale too for the Knicks, I'm not saying I don't. Why are these guys not coming here? They got to know something. They knew something when Melo was here. And they know something now. And trust me, if it's just one player, right, I can understand sometimes when a player doesn't get along with a coach. See Latrell Sprewell choking out P.J. Carlissimo, okay? Marcus Gasol had an issue with David Fisdale, and he basically ran David Fisdale out of town because the Memphis Grizzlies weren't going to sit there and say, well, we're going to choose Fisdale over Marcus Gasol, okay? One player, fine. He goes to another team. He comes to the Knicks. Now Cantor's got a problem with him. Porzingis has a problem with him. This is a trend. Why is he rubbing these people the wrong way? That's what I don't understand. And who knows if everyone else has a problem with him on the team that just hasn't come out and said anything yet. Yeah. You'll find that out after they get traded. Yeah. Like Nilakino will probably have something to say, but Nilakino has no business talking because he sucks. Number two. <laughs> uh, maybe it's this backdrop. <laughs> All right. The Nets have dropped two in a row. They lost tonight again to the Bucs. Uh, that was a game I kind of expected them to lose, so I wasn't, I'm not going to kill them on that game. Uh, however, they did get some good news, and that is that Karis LeVert could be back right after the All-Star break. Which Saw that. Be, which would be huge. And I think this team does miss Spencer Dinwiddie big time. Oh, absolutely. Look, you lose your two best players. I mean, look, two of your three best players right there, Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Look, DeAndre Russell's been playing great, and he continues to play great day in and day out. But it's a lot to put on someone like, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Jared Allen to carry this team. Look, they're still young, they're still learning, and they didn't emerge as stars really until this year. So it's tough. Well, the other thing too is, is that with the trade deadline on Thursday, it's looking more and more likely like the Nets are not going to be making any moves, like any big-time moves. I don't expect them to make any big-time moves. 
Um, they have multiple draft picks this year. They have they have the one they control, obviously, and then I think the one they got in a I think it was deal with the Raptors. It was the it was the deal. It was the uh, Jeremy Lin deal. Okay. So you have two first round picks. You're going to have a lot of cap space after this year. Brooklyn is going to be in an in an, an attractive destination, in my opinion. I think it is, and I and we go, I'll revert it back to the Knicks. I think the Nets are more attractive than the Knicks right now. I really think so. They got the center. They got the point guard. They got the shooting guard, and they got the small forward. But the problem is again, it just you know it's it sucks because I I really want to see the Nets get another big time player. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, their draft pick that they're controlling is going to be in the middle of the first round. Yeah, most likely, especially if they make the playoffs. So Toronto is going to be a very good team. So you're picking in the mid to late first round is basically what you're doing. But with the way Kenny Atkinson has been developing players and the way uh, oh, no, I, Sean I, Marks I, has been, been drafting, yeah. And the thing is, there's no – the Nets have a pretty stacked roster. Mm-hmm. When healthy, they have a lot of depth. They're very strong and everything. It's just that, unfortunately, right now, they're just not very healthy. Hollis Jefferson, I think, is still hurt. Dinwiddie's out for another couple of weeks. Levert could be back after the All-Star break. They don't know yet. But overall right now, I don't expect them to make a huge deal, a huge trade. Not looking likely. Yeah. Okay. I actually think what they're going to do is they're definitely – when we had Brian Fonseca on a few weeks ago, um, I think – I agree with Brian that one of those max deals is going to be D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he's not a max player. But you got to keep him around. But you have no choice. You got to keep him. Because somebody will give him a max deal. It, it, I think that's perfectly fine. Look, you go – and like I just said, you go out, you give D'Angelo Russell his max deal. You still have Spencer Dinwiddie. You still have Karis LeVert. And you still have Jared Allen. Realistically, you need another point guard. I mean, another, like, small forward, power forward. And then you need some bench players. That's what gets – that's what wins you playoff games is depth. Mm-hmm. And I think you go, you can go out and sign a guy like possibly Tobias Harris. Tobias, yeah. I, I think feel like Tobias Harris would be a great fit for the Brooklyn Nets. He'd be coming home to play in New York, and it would, it would be a, I think it would be good for the Nets to sign Tobias Harris in the offseason. Could be. He's a long he's a Long Island guy, right? Half Hall Hills West, I believe. Yeah. But he'll probably want to go to the Knicks to go play Master Square Garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, uh, the Islanders had a. Pretty good weekend overall. They lost a tough one to Tampa Bay on Friday, but then came back and beat the Kings on Saturday 4-2 to two to stay on top of the Metro uh, with 66 points. They're another team that's a pretty interesting situation with them because they have three guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents after this year, three important guys, uh, Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberle, and Anders Lee. Then it becomes a case of what do you do there? Mm-hmm. Now, the listen, I'm just going to say this point blank. The Islanders have to go for it. They have to go for it this year. They have to go for the playoffs. They have to make a run. You need to get reinforcements. You cannot sit back like they've done in the past and do nothing. You have to try to get somebody good. Get this fan base excited for, you know, because I think when a deal like that goes down, depending on who it is, whether it's a Matt Duchesne or something like that, when you make a deal like that, it's it psychs up the fan base. When it psychs up the fan base, they're going to buy tickets. And when they're going to buy tickets – you're going to sell out every game. And Nassau Coliseum in a packed house, I know it's not as big, obviously, as Barclays. It is a house of horrors for teams. They can't hear themselves. That's how loud it gets in that, in that arena. And you mentioned, you know, the Islanders possibly trying to make a move to get someone. Look what the Rangers did, a, uh, like, five, what was it, five, six years ago. They made the trading. They got uh, Martin St. Louis. He helped the Rangers immensely get to that Stanley Cup Finals. Look, granted, the Rangers didn't win it that year, but he helped them. They made the Rangers made the move. They got St. Louis, 
and they help, and he helped them get to the Stanley Cup. I think that's what the Islanders need to do. Look, Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, they're great, but they're, but they're no, su- they're not superstar elite players like a like John Tavares was. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Not yet. So they, I think they need that that someone, whoever it is, like you said, maybe whether it is Matt Duchesne, maybe they go out and trade for Eric Carlson. Who knows? We don't know yet. But they need that one person to help them just just a little bit over the edge and solidify that they can they're a real force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. No, and they do. And the thing is, they are a tough they are a tough team to beat right now. Mm-hmm. They're playing, but again, that's a, that's a reflection on Trotz and Lamarillo. Excuse me. No, sorry. <laughs> but that's but again, when you acquire when you get see what happens when you get reputable executives, when you get a Stanley Cup winning coach, the team responds, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen anything like it before. And I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, well, Tavares, we don't need Tavares because it's a load of crap. We do need Tavares. You'd be stupid to say you don't need Tavares. If Tavares was here with the Islanders, they'd be the number one seed right now in the in the, in the East. I think, which yeah. I'm sure Speedy will disagree with, <laughs> right? Because he's done it. He he disagreed with me a while back about that. My point is right now is this is a team that has to go for it. You know, you have some good young players. You have some guys in Bridgeport who are very who are strong, and you have a very young nucleus coming up with guys like Noah Dobson, um, Oliver, Oliver Wallstrom. You have Bodie Miller. Not is it Bodie Miller, the defenseman? Yes, That's, right. And if Ilya Sorokin finally comes up, there's your goalie for the next like five or ten years. Yeah, look, the Russian kid. Yeah, look, I'm looking at guys right now on uh, who could possibly be on the list. You got Matt Duchesne, like you said. You got Gustav Nyquist. Wayne Simmons is a solid player to have. I like Wayne Simmons. I would take Wayne Simmons. I would love Wayne Simmons. He's great. I mean, look, those are some good. Those would be guys who can help the Islanders and the get over. Even look, Zuccarello's name is on this list too. Zuccarello. Yeah, I don't think the Rangers and Islanders ever make a deal. No, they won't. But Zuccarello is the type of guy who could help. Who could help the Islanders? But one guy I definitely think is a goner by the deadline. Josh Hosang. Oh, I am yeah. so convinced he's gone. I think they've pretty much like, you know, they've done what they can with him, but I think and listen, maybe it's something against Josh Hosang. He just may need to go to a new new team. Yeah. It may just be better to go to a new team that can give him the playing time he needs. Plus the Islanders could get Andrew Ladd back pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna get Thomas Hickey back. So this team is getting healthy on top of that. Now what do you do with Andrew Ladd? I have no idea. Because right now the team as constituted is playing really good hockey. You may not want to mess that up. The only the, the only other thing I could think of is you you fig, you you have to get rid of Dal Cole. Like you send Dal Cole back to Bridgeport. Yeah. But or Dal even, Cole's actually played well. You can possibly even see him getting traded too. You know, who knows? Well, Dal Cole's been on this team long enough and he should have been doing something by now and he still hasn't. So to be brutally honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get traded, depending on what kind of package you're getting back. So uh, I'm on Gotham MSN right now, and they put up five possible guys the Knicks could, should go after at the deadline. Knicks the, or Islanders? Islanders. I don't know why I said Knicks. It's the blue and orange. Well, no, it's, um, Man- it's Madison Square Garden. Everybody <laughs> knows that. I mean, number one, Matt Duchesne. Number two, Nick Buscotsted. I don't know how to pronounce that last. What name. team? Um, probably Edmonton because they never they haven't won anything in like Tarasenko, which I doubt they get. They doubt Tarasenko, they have to give up a lot. Yeah, uh, they need to get a guy. If they go, 
Tarasenko has to be under contract, though. If he's under contract, then I don't mind giving up a, a big package for Tarasenko. Alex Peter Peter Angelo was he not Canadian? He, he's a defenseman from the um. Oh, he's from the Blues. No, that's uh. That was I'm looking at the wrong video. Uh, yeah, he's also from the Blues. Okay. And then Jake Muzzin, another defenseman. Jake Muzzin got traded already. He got traded. To oh, Toronto, he did. So he's pretty much he's gone. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, the Islanders, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. This is kind of a weird deadline for them because they're in it. They're number. They're the, they're, they're the first place team in the Metro. However, they have a couple of guys that they're not sure if they're resigning. So Lamarillo is going to have to really think long and hard about this. And I, I have plenty of faith in Lamarillo. And quite frankly, it wouldn't be a big deal if they didn't, if they didn't get anything for Jordan Eberle. I wouldn't really go crazy if – we didn't get something back for Jordan Eberle. Yeah. If you're going for it right now, you're going to need a guy like Jordan Eberle. And Jordan Eberle may want to re-sign with you, too. Yeah. you got to think about it from that perspective, too. If they keep playing games at the Coliseum, he'll definitely want to re-sign. All right, last one. ESPN is reporting that the Steelers could franchise Le'Veon Bell in an attempt to trade the running back and get back a possible draft pick. The Steelers franchise Bell, it could hurt the Jets' chances of landing the free agent running backs. They would have to cough up two first-round picks if Pittsburgh doesn't match. Also, they or they said they could put the transition tag on him, which I think they would still have to give up something for him. Or they have to work on a trade. That would kill the Jets. Well, here's my issue with it. And it's not with the Jets. It's really more the Steelers. Okay? You built up all this freaking drama with Le'Veon Bell all year long. Okay? The players hate him. The players want nothing to do with him. Why are you even entertaining this? Mm-hmm. Why would you entertain franchise? See, this is like the same crap that the Redskins did with Kirk Cousins. Okay? When they knew Kirk Cousins wasn't going to re-sign with them, and they were teasing the possibility of franchising him for another year, so he wouldn't. So they would try to trade him later on, mm-hmm. you can't overthink this. Yeah. Okay? Because teams could be like, well, I'm not going to trade for him. He doesn't want to play for you. Why the hell am I going to trade draft picks to get him on, on my team? I'm not going to give up draft picks for that. I understand Le'Veon Bell's a great running back. But there's also some pretty decent running backs on the market, not to mention the fact if you really wanted to get a guy, you could also get a guy like Leonard Fournette, who might be available from the Jaguars. And I know in the free agency this season, Mark Ingram's available. Which I, 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 look, Tevin I, Coleman? I mean, I'll take Tevin Coleman. Adrian Peterson still is a free agent as well. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate. Adrian Peterson on the team. He had a thousand yards last year. Look, I know he's a little injury prone at this point, but if he can come in, crack eight hundred yards, and help develop guys like the guys like Elijah McGuire and uh, Trent Cannon, plus Isaiah Coel still on the list is on the team, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate Adrian Peterson. And that's what I'm saying though. I would love to see Le'Veon Bell in a Jets uniform. Love it. Okay, but if the Steelers are going to play this game, if I'm the Jets, I'd walk away. Because they're just going to create more drama around this franchise. Yeah. You have a disgruntled running back who wouldn't play for you last year because you franchised him. And now you're talking about franchising him again because you think you're going to get a draft pick for him. Like, why even bother? Just let him go. You have a good running back in James Conner. Yeah, James Conner's great. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. If you're going to trade, just trade Antonio Brown already. If you don't want him, just deal him. The Steelers need a reboot anyway. Yeah. They you really know, Roethlisberger's do. on borrowed time. Now's the time to start building that team with a younger wide receiver to go with Smith Schuster. You know, but again, teams always do this. 
The Redskins did this last year, the two years ago with Kirk Cousins. They were going to franchise them all over again because they just wanted to be a pain in the ass, and they were just basically like, well, we want to get a draft pick for them. Well, now you may not get – and you got nothing for them. It was, a, it was totally – and if I was Cousins, you know what I would have done? I would have signed that tender. I would have totally signed that franchise tender. He would have got like $30 million for being a bench warmer because the Redskins wanted to play – they wanted to play dirty. It's the same thing with Le'Veon Bell. Just let him go. You already had enough drama for this, not to mention the fact the team doesn't like him. The team doesn't want anything to do with him. So why are you going to waste your time franchising the guy? And I'm not saying this because I'm a Jet fan and I want to see him go to the Jets because he might go to the Colts. The Jets are not even his first choice. He wants to go to Indianapolis. Which I think would be nuts for the Colts to sign. I mean, look, you'd be a great pairing with him and Marlon Mack, but Marlon Mack had a great season this year. But it also becomes a case of do the Colts want him because do they want to hemorrhage a lot of money on him because they already have Marlon Mack. Yeah, and they can go out and sign maybe like an Adrian Peterson to help him out. With yeah, help, they help may not him. even want him. Maybe they want to rebuild their defense, you know? I don't know. But memo to the Steelers, cut the crap and just, just you know what? You bid your farewell. It's been real. Go be a free agent. We have our guy. We're ready to go. You're listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show on a Monday night only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. The number to call, as always, is 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Moff on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. All right, Clem, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and then we'll finish up. We'll do, like, just some random topics that uh, just to kind of close out the show. On our debut on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and again, the number to call is 631-676-2968. You are listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I love them so much. <laughs> it's almost like it's not a your Rhonda obsession yet. It's not. Because I, I love Liv Morgan and I like Ruby Riot. And I want to see them win the tag team titles so bad. Well, apparently it came out today. Well, not today, just on uh, just before on Raw. Rhonda wants, wants to fight Ruby Riot. Well, she was supposed to fight her. Well, no, she beat she beat Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan really fast. And when she went to challenge, Ruby Riot was going to like challenge her, and then she backed off at the last second. That was like the opening match on Raw. Yeah, the headline that came across Twitter was, On Raw, Ronda Rousey made it clear she'll take on the Riot Squad. She'll take on anyone who wants to boo her. She'll take on the world. I thought they did a bad job with the Becky Lynch thing, This uh, the opening uh, segment. I thought it was kind of stupid. I don't, I don't like... The reason why I thought it was stupid is because every time Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon opens her mouth, I think she ruins a bit. <laughs> I think she's too, like, she tries to be too much like Vince. That's yeah. why I have a problem with Stephanie, you know? It's, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of And I'm telling you, they're going to kill it. It's going to, the minute they put Charlotte in that match, it's going to crush any momentum that WrestleMania had. 
You know, they Vince came out and said a month ago that, you know, we're making we're making this happen. We're doing this. Listen to us when we say no one wants Charlotte in this Becky Ronda match. No one match. cares. It no makes one, no sense to have Charlotte it in doesn't. this feud. Give me you know what? Give me Charlotte Oscar two at Mania. I will take that. That was a great match last year. No, I will tell you the match I want to see at Mania, although it won't happen for the SmackDown title. Asuka against Ruby Riot. I'd like that. Asuka versus Ember Moon. They've had a Ember Moon's hurt though. So she's, I don't yeah. even know if she's going to be there. She had a she has an elbow and I think she needed surgery. Too. I know. Yeah, I, I would Ember Moon would be nice because I know her and I know her and Asuka had a crazy rock, I think, rivalry on Raw. I think Asuka Asuka Ruby Riot would be such a good match. That'd be good. But I just feel like you know, like they haven't really pushed Ruby Riot yet. You know, they haven't given her like a lot of airtime and whatnot. Like, yeah, she's good. Don't get me wrong. I like Ruby Riot. But, like, she hasn't really gotten, like, enough, like, TV time, air time to really say, like, oh, she can, she she deserves a match against Asuka, you know? Yeah. So, yesterday I had to go with my daughter to sell cookies. My, daughter, my daughter's in the Girl Scouts. I saw, you, I saw your picture, uh, Instagram. Right? So, now it's funny as hell because now normally these are the tables I avoid when I go to get, like, a cup of coffee, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, because – they don't really do it as much. Like they do it at my train station. Yeah, a lot. Like if I'm going downstairs to the train, you'll see the kid with the cookie outfit on, and they'll, yeah. they'll try to like push you over. But like by that time, I'm already walking away. So I'm, I'm done. I'm tired. I want to go home. Right. So these kids did a really good job. You know, they really did. They were really into it. You kind of thought for. I, I always get a little skeptical because I always think like, eh, they're not going to really take it seriously. And these kids are really going up to people and going like, "Oh, would you like to buy some cookies?" Yeah. And, oh, it's tough, right? So the funniest part about it was now the place we did it in was in East Rockaway. It was called the Bagel Gourmet, mm-hmm. right? And what was cool about doing it on a Sunday morning was the place was packed. Yeah. So you there was no way these people were going to be able to miss seeing that table, mm-hmm. right? So the minute a car pulled into the driveway, these kids were freaking all swarm the car, right? It was like something like it was like like you thought like freaking Bruce Springsteen was getting out of the car or something like that. Like that's how they, like these kids were just like going crazy. Right, and like the people had like they they were they had no chance of avoiding these kids. Yeah, so they wound up buying stuff, right? So my daughter's actually funny because my daughter went up to somebody and she smiled. Now you know my daughter's missing three teeth. Yes, <laughs> not to mention the fact she has a cast on her arm. So we played that off pretty well. So it kind of looks like we need the money for teeth, not necessarily for cookies, <laughs> or to like support the Girl Scouts. Oh my gosh, that's great! So my daughter's like, "Would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies?" Meanwhile, she looks like like a jack o' lantern, right? And I'm like, and I laugh because like so the guy goes, the guy the guy had this look on his face like. Yeah, I'll buy it. And she all of a sudden yells out to everybody. She goes, we got one. <laughs> right? So I start cracking up. And my daughter had a lot of fun with it. You know, we were only supposed to stay for 45-minute intervals, but we mm-hmm. wound up staying for like an hour and like an hour and a half. And at the end of the day, we wound up selling like close to 200 boxes. Okay. Which was actually really good. Just from that three-hour, I think it was like a two-hour stretch from like 8 to 10. Yeah. Or 7.30 to 10 or something like that. But it was actually like really, it was actually really good. Like it was a lot of fun. The kids had a really good time. You know, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, that you guys were set up in front of this place in East Rockaway. Me and my dad, we go out to go get the chicken fingers yesterday. This place, Dom's Deli in uh, Mineola. Right. It's crazy deli. The line, usually when we go, the line is out the door. 
You go there at like three o'clock to pick up the chicken fingers, and oh, it's because of Super Bowl, though, right? Super Bowl, yeah. yeah so different. everyone's picking up, and everyone loves these chicken fingers. These are the best. Thing. First of all, these are the best thing for everyone listening. Go to Dom's Deli and eat these chicken fingers. Look, I know we don't give free ads here, but the great chicken fingers there, the best I ever had. So the girls, like you said, you know, they all set up in front of the thing and everything like that. And me and my dad, we blow right by them, walking in. Yeah, <laughs> real bad guys. So the, my, we're leaving. We pay for the f- chicken fingers. We're walking out. They were already packing up. So I'm bringing the chicken fingers to my car. My dad's inside paying. This little, like, four-year-old girl comes up to me. She's like, would you like to buy cookies? I'm, just, I'm like, oh, how can I say no to that face? I like, know. Like they, that's, like, how I, they, I, that's, I, that's how I, they milk it. Like, it's not like the parents came up to me and anything like that. The kids came up to me, and I was just like, oh, yeah, give me a box of tagalongs. <laughs> but what's kind of funny, right, was like, so the whole time, like, we're there. Now, most of the people who we asked bought cookies. Even yeah. if they just bought a box. Actually, what was really funny was there was a guy taking kids around and, like, student driving. <laughs> and he got to the traffic light and he saw us by the table, right? And he goes, hey, he goes, are you guys going to be here in like another 30 minutes? We're like, yeah, we'll be here to like 10, 1030. He's like, all right, I'm going to come back. I promise, right? Sure as hell, he comes back, right? Like right before he like dropped the kids off or something like that. And so he wound up buying like three or four boxes from us. But it was one, But we also had people who unfortunately didn't buy, mm. right? So it was kind of funny because we could hear the kids go, Oh, would you like to buy Girl Scout cookies and all that stuff? Now, the thing is also they give you an option. If you don't want to buy the cookies, you can donate to the military. Okay. They, they send cookies to the military abroad, but, like, the money goes to the troop, but they ship cookies out to Afghanistan or mm-hmm. wherever, you know, wherever they decide to ship them. So it was funny because, like, so one guy was like, no, I'm not going to buy today, but thank you. And, like, all of us, all the parents, like, just got this collective, ah, you cheap ass. <laughs> 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 that's all right. Like, like, we, like, you just saw the collective, like, parents. It's like, oh, that's okay. And the minute the guy would turn around, like, ah, you cheap. <laughs> like, we were just like, and we would just laugh. Like, we didn't get that many of those, but, like, every time we did, the first thing I thought was, I was like, you know, you're a real douche. Like, you know, the kid is the kid is trying to sell some cookies, and you know, your lazy ass doesn't want to buy any. I know. I felt so bad. I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy the cookies. I'm so sorry if I don't. You know what? You should have your daughter do next time you go out and sell cookies. If they say no, just have her start like crying and be like, I oh. might have to. I might, <laughs> we may have to have a meltdown or something. Like, just be like, just look, just like, just tell her be like, you just gotta look really disappointed when you will be like, oh okay, and just walk, like have her walk back to the table, just like <laughs> so. So it was it was a lot of fun. The kids had a really good time. It was nice. I mean, we we sold like a lot, and this one lady bought like a whole box because she told us she was like, you know, I'm from Massachusetts, and I'm actually driving back right now, and she's like, some of the flavors here, you got we don't have there. Really, they're all different. Like in Jersey, mm-hmm. some of them we don't have here. Oh, really? Well, I so didn't like know my, that. Like my cousin, my goddaughter is in, is in the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. And he even, my cousin was telling me, he's like, yeah, some of the cookie brands, like we don't even have. Like you guys don't have them out there. We have them here. Like, they have them in different areas. And I stuff. didn't even know. I thought it was just all the same cookies. Like the same, like. That's what five, I thought. The same five boxes. Like. That's what I thought, you know. But actually what's kind of funny now is you can actually buy the cookies online. <laughs> like you don't have to like look for a table anymore. Like you can buy them online and you give the troop number and it gets credited to the troop. Oh, okay. So it's actually like it's actually a pretty good alternative. Like my brother lives in South Carolina and he wanted to buy cookies for like his kids and everything, but he doesn't come into New York very often. Yeah. So I gave him like the info and he was able to buy the cookies online and he and it gets credited to my daughter's troop. Okay. So it was actually like a pretty cool thing. It was like, it's like, you know, he even said, he goes, wow. He goes, I never thought he'd see the day with the Girl Scouts went e-commerce. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, and then segueing to, you were talking about a, picking up food for Super Bowl. Yeah. 
the worst experience I ever had picking up food, right? Mm-hmm. It was a few years ago. It was probably like, eh, maybe like, it was before my kids were born, right? So maybe like eight or nine years ago. My wife and I were still trying to, we were still, we hadn't moved into our house yet. So we were actually living with my in-laws, right? So we decided like, oh, why don't we do something for the Super Bowl? You know, we'll, you know, we'll order, we'll order some food or something like that mm-hmm. or whatever. So we had gotten a flyer from Pizza Hut. And they were offering like a really good deal for like pizza and like wings and all that stuff. So we placed the order. And the lady goes, oh, it'll be about a half an hour. So I said, okay, cool. So my father-in-law and I drive over to the Pizza Hut at like 5.30. Kickoff is at 6.30. Mm -hmm. We get there. And no joke, there's like 15 people waiting for food. Jeez. The, The restaurant, empty. There's only like two people sitting in like one of the booths. The rest of the restaurant is empty. Mm-hmm. Everybody's by the takeout line. And my father and I, Laura and I look at each other like, like this isn't good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of like. So we overheard the person go, we overheard like one of the other customers go up to the front. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, yeah, I placed an order. My name is this and this. And the woman goes, oh, it's going to be an additional 45 minutes like, oh. on top of that. And the guy goes, What? And like I said to my I said to my father in law, I'm like, maybe it's not a good idea that we say we place an order. Right? And he goes, What do you mean? And I'm like, Well, if they we tell them what the order is and we place like forty five minutes. Now here's the thing. People are getting like rabid. Yeah. Because they want to get home, they want to watch the game. They don't want to yeah. sit in freaking Pizza Hut waiting for pizzas and stuff like that, right? Yeah. The staff could give a rat's ass. Obviously. They could yeah. care less. They're moving at their own leisure and all that stuff. So this guy at one point goes, guy goes, look, he goes, you people told me it was going to be 30 minutes. Now you're telling me it's an additional 45 minutes on top of the 30 that you originally told me. He goes, I want my effing pizza. I don't care where you get it. I don't care what it is because like he was just like, I'm going to go crazy in this place in two seconds if you don't get me my pizza. Right. Mm -hmm. So I looked at my father-in-law. I go, let's go. (laughs) Then he goes, what do you mean? I go, there's no way they know our order is there. (laughs) And we didn't pay for it, so it's like, screw you. Yeah. Like, you know, if you guys botch it and you call me back, I'm like, yeah, come find me for this $10 for a pizza. And we wound up going, like, down the street to, like, a local pizzeria. Mm -hmm. And we wound up missing, like, the first, like, five minutes of the game because Uh it was just, like, all over. Because, like, we had to wait for the pizza to get made and all that stuff. But it was, like, hands down, worst experience ever had. Just getting food for a Super Bowl. See, for a Super Bowl, me, I usually have everyone. My for the past thirteen years, everyone comes over to my house for a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't like. We don't really order out except for like the chicken fingers, and like we ordered out penne for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. My mom, you, my mom's a great cook. She literally cooks everything for uh, at the Super Bowl. She made pulled pork wings, barbecue kielbasa. Um, what else do you make? Uh, Pretzel, mini pretzel hot dogs, chili, salad, mac and cheese. Uh, Damn it, you or, guys went all out. My, this is It's every year. This is for 13 years now. People always come in, they're like, I have my friends tell me, they're like, yeah, I stopped eating three days ago so I can just, so I have enough room in my stomach for when I come over. Like, I've gone to some feasts for Super Bowl. Like, I've gone to some, like, crazy, like, yeah, it, the, you, some of the food that people put out is like, jeez, I, I can't. You got to see the food my mom made. Like, you know, I look, I love it. I love everything she does. My mom was like, yeah, we, Chris, I don't know if we should do this next year. I'm like, mom, we got to do this next year. People come here for the food. They don't even care about the game. <laughs> and it was funny, too, because, like, on Saturday, like, when I went to see A Star is Born, mm-hmm. you know, my in-laws took my kids, and my wife goes, 
I go, what do you want to do for lunch? And she goes, she goes, I know you're going to, I know what you're going to say when I tell you this. And I started thinking, I'm like, what restaurant is my wife thinking right now where I'm going to go really excited to go? And I go like this, I go, let me guess. You want to go to White Castle, right? And she goes, how the hell did you know that? And I'm like, because I know you. I go, you hate going to that place. I'm like, so if you're, if you're entertaining it, I go, there's no way I'm going to say no. There, right? Oh, there are times, me and my buddy, we just look at, there are times like we just look at each other. We know, we know what we're thinking in that moment, like when we want food and it's just like White Castle. So I went to like White, oh, I was so, I was so excited to go to White Castle for lunch on Saturday. I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> but like you feel like such like a, like a fat bastard when you go there because you're like, let me get 20 hamburgers, <laughs> like three, two fries, <laughs> like six fries, like whatever. And like, you know. So one year, like my my old boss at my hotel, I had gotten him. Like this was actually a really cool idea. We had gone to lunch. Like he used to take us out as a group to lunch sometimes, just to, like kind of show his appreciation for us and everything. We there used to be a White Castle right by my office. Mm-hmm. They closed it. It doesn't. It's not there anymore. So we were walking to a restaurant, but we had to walk past the White Castle. And all of a sudden, <laughs> swear to God, this guy comes out with the crave case. Oh. Of White Castle, and there's a taxi waiting for him right there, right? Like it looked like he like robbed the joint. So my boss looks at me and he goes, "Wait a minute." He goes, "White Castle has suitcases full of hamburgers now, <laughs> right?" And he gets like all excited, right? And I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, you didn't know that?" He goes, "Oh, that's amazing, right?" He was like all excited. So I said one year because we always used to get my my boss used to get us some like really nice gifts. Like one year he got me beer mugs from Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I never used them because I was afraid I was going to – because they're so expensive and stuff. But they were, like, the nicest beer mugs ever. So one year we were trying to figure out what to get him. Mm-hmm. And I go like this. I'm like, we have to get him a gift card to White Castle. And, like, my friends looked at me and they're like, yeah, but isn't that kind of, like, being, like, really cheap? And I'm like, dude, he loves sliders. I was like, <laughs> why would you not get that for him? And I think we wound up getting him, like, we all put our money in. I think we got him like a hundred dollar gift card to White Castle, right? And he thought it was like awesome. Like he loved it, you know. White Castle just no. When you're craving White Castle, there's no stopping. But here's the problem, though: you can only eat White Castle once a year. It just kills your stomach. That's oh, why. I know. You know, we're saying this now. I haven't had White Castle in a while, but I might go stop at Deer Park on the way here because that's the closest White Castle I know from here. Dude, you can't eat White Castle this late, man. You're gonna die. So I, you're lucky. You got White Castle in Limbrook. Yeah, but I don't. I only go there once a year, though, because I know I'm not going to make it to 2020 if I go there more than once a year. You know, like you have to know your limits. You have to know. You have to know your control. You have to know your threshold. All right, Clem. This is important. What's the most White Castle you've eaten in one sitting? Fifteen. Fifteen. I've done twelve. That's my most. And I like. Let's just say I paid the price for it. Oh, because same. I felt yeah, yeah. so bad for two days. I didn't feel right for two days. I was burping up onions for two days. <laughs> when I used to, me and some of my friends, we used to go play indoor lacrosse at, in Oceanside. On the way home, we would stop at the the Limbrook White Castle. And we'd go in there. We'd, we This would be like a, a like a bi-weekly thing. We would just go to White Castle and get burgers. And it was mm-hmm. just, oh, my God. Now, you know what? I, I'm definitely stopping at White Castle on the way home from here. Thanks a lot. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> you know what it is? If you have the craving, you got you to take you care of business. Scra- you got to scratch that itch. Yeah. I'm Antonio. And I didn't even know they had, like, bacon cheeseburgers now. Do they I really? I didn't know they have, like, chicken and waffles there. Like, they have, like. Do they? I didn't know that. Yeah. The line to get it, like, I went to, like, I ordered my food online, yeah. right? Because I was like, I was like, if I get to the, because I went, like, right after the movie when I went to see Star is Born. Mm-hmm. And I went, like, right after the movie. I get to the White Castle. The freaking line is, like, out the door. Yeah. 
I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like that place is always packed. It's always good. I uh, always wish Glen Cove had a a White Castle. I was like, let me get twenty five hamburgers. <laughs> like, you just you feel like such like a you know like a slob. All right, let's finish up the show. We're going to go around the just kind of around the bend. I guess we'll have a lot of topics to uh, kind of go over. Uh, more on the national, more this is more on like the not local side, more on the national side. We just, I, uh, to go back to the Girl Scout cookies thing, I'm looking at some of these Girl Scout cookies. I am mad that we I don't get any of these Girl Scout cookies. Like, oh yeah, Girl Scout cookies. I'll tell you what, s'mores. I'll, I'll make you a deal. Let me talk to my wife. If we can place another order, I'll see if we can place another order. But I may not be able to. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie, by the way? Uh the Dosey Dose. I like the Nutter Butters. Okay, I can see that. I like Tagalongs. Tagalongs are good, too. I don't like the Samoas. I used to like the Samoas. I don't like them as much I know a lot, a lot of people who love Samoas. I'm like, But actually, what was one, the brand that was actually a really big hit? Thin Mints. And I don't, and I don't thin like, mints. I don't like Thin Mints. Neither do I. Everyone loves Thin Mints. They're like, oh, you gotta get Thin Mints. I'm like, Thin Mints? And honestly, the shortbreads are actually really good, too. Like Which, the, um, uh, they're called the Trefoils. Oh like yeah, those aren't bad. Those yeah. are very, those are yeah, really those good. aren't bad. Those are just what, like sugar cookies. Yeah, so those aren't bad. I'm, I'm looking on here. They got caramel chocolate chip. Thanks a lot. I'm seeing some of these. I'm like, I never got any of these options. You might be able to order online, and then I, I could give you like my daughter's troop number. They might be you might be able to help, but I don't know like what the deadline is with that type of stuff. Mm. Yeah, because the thing is, we already got the boxes for all the other orders, so I don't yeah. know if we're going to be getting any more. We're definitely going to be in talks with, about Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so as we said before, the Dolphins are going to hire um, Brian Flores, the Patriots' defensive coordinator. Is it defensive coordinator or linebacker's coach? Linebacker's coach. Linebacker's coach to be their next head coach. Um, most likely it looks like the Dolphins are going to be rebuilding this year. With uh, They've already pretty much said that they're probably going to be tanking in 2020 because they want to try to get Tua or um, Justin Herbert for next year and next year's draft. So Flores will take over. And uh, we'll see where the Dolphins go from there. The Bengals officially hired Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor today as their head coach. And that is a move I would have been reluctant to make after watching the Super Bowl yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's not that – the problem I have with the move is is that, for starters, he's going into a very tough division. Yeah. That is going to be a brutally tough division. Steelers twice, Ravens twice, and a much-improved Browns team twice. We don't really know what they're going to do at quarterback. Are they going to stick with Andy Dalton moving forward? Are they going to try to do something else? They may even trade AJ Green. There's a I don't know what the Rams, are, what the Bengals are going to do and going into next year. I don't. They should know that they're not going to be good enough, so they might want to consider a rebuild. But after watching Jared Goff's performance in the Super Bowl yesterday against the Patriots, I would have been very reluctant to hire this guy to be my next head coach. I like Zach Taylor. A lot. I wish he was the Jets' OC, but you know I, I can't complain. Listen, OC, different story. Head coach, mm. yeah. Sorry, but that's you know again biggest game of the year for both teams: Rams, Patriots. Winner take all for the championship. The game plan, the fact that Goff looked like a deer in headlights, looked completely unprepared, looked overwhelmed by the defenses. I got to throw that on Zach Taylor a little bit too. He's the quarterbacks coach. He's got to know. He's got to know. So the Brian Flores hire I like for the Dolphins, I think it's about time they went in a different direction. I think it's about time they just started to understand that they just can't keep adding random players to a team and then wind up with the same result. Yeah. So for them to be rebuilding, I think it's a strong move. They do have some nice young pieces going into next year. Guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Cameron Wake or Robert Quinn 
or any of the other players. But, you know, I think they do have some good young – they have a couple of decent players, but this is definitely a rebuild, and it really has got to start at the quarterback position. So maybe they stick with Tannehill for another year. I don't know. And then worry about the draft next year. But right now I think it's a solid move uh, for the Patriots defense linebackers coach to be the next head coach of the Dolphins. Uh, number two, the Eagles are going to franchise Nick Foles in hopes of landing uh, possibly a third-round pick from any team that wants him. I think it's. I think that's a smart move by the Eagles because either way, even if you don't, what if Nick Foles signs the franchise tender? <laughs> you first, I saw his uh, now. If I'm Nick Foles, I would sign the franchise tender just because. If you don't trade me, what's the worst that happens? I back up Carson Wentz and I get over twenty million dollars to to be a friend, to be a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. That's the worst thing that happens. I think it's a great deal for Nick Foles, Nick Foles as a whole in general, and the Eagles. Because either way, you're either trading Nick Foles, getting a second or third round pick. It's a total win win. Yeah, it's a win win for both for both Foles and the Eagles. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Jaguars have shown some interest in Nick Foles. The Giants, I don't think, are going to wind up with Nick Foles. They've already committed to Eli Manning for this year, and I still think they're going to draft a quarterback this year mm-hmm. um, unless the Jaguars leapfrog them. And do not sleep on the possibility of the Jets trading down with Jacksonville. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. If the like, Jets trade down to seven and wind up getting like multiple picks, maybe even a Leonard Fournette, as a possibility, depending – remember, you're moving four spots down. How bad do you want that quarterback? How bad do you want Dwayne Haskins on your team? The Jets have got to start – they got to start playing that to their advantage, especially for a team like the Jaguars. I don't know who else would be looking for a QB in the first round, you know. Because, again, I saw another mock draft the other day. I think it was this morning on CBS Sports. Four quarterbacks in the top ten. No, it's not it's – not. Drew Locke was supposed to go sixth. Yeah, okay, Drew Locke's going six. Oh, no, sorry, seven to the Jags because the Giants would have taken Dwayne Haskins. The Jaguars will trade up to get Haskins before the Giants get him. Look, the only way I see quarterbacks going in this first round if teams just panic and go to draft them. And that's what I think. Look, I've done my mock draft. It should be published soon on our blog uh, here on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I had Dwayne Haskins going in the first round. I had Kyler Murray going in the first round because people are going to panic for that pick. And I had Drew Locke going in the first round. But I had Drew Locke going to the Patriots, mm-hmm. which makes sense because you know, God forbid, you know, God forbid, Patriot uh, Brady wants to retire in two years. You get the quarterback, you groom him for two years, and then bam, he's ready to go right after Brady. Right. That's the only reason I had Drew Locke going in the first round, and I had Kyler Murray going in the first round because Dolphins are going. Now that they've released Tannehill, they need a quarterback, and yeah. Ky- and to attract a guy like Ky- have a guy like Kyle Murray come to your team with a new head coach would be perfect. And Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins is the only real. Quarterback, I think, realistically should go in the first round. The other two people are just panic picks, except for Drew Locke. Drew Locke makes sense for the Patriots. Well, the CBS Sports mock had the Redskins trading up to get Kyler Murray, which I think would be a huge mistake. Gosh. Like, that would be a huge mistake. I mean, look, Alex Smith, it's it's tough to say Alex Smith, you know, we don't know what his deal is. He's not going to play. I don't think he's going to play this year. (sighs) Yeah. I know. It really is. But they need other things that – I mean, if he even if Alex Smith does play – you need more. I help. think you draft a quarterback anyway, but I think you don't play him in the beginning of the. I think you have to sign a veteran. I don't think you have to sign Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could try to acquire somebody for like a low round draft pick. Maybe you could try to find maybe like Teddy Bridgewater, maybe maybe just like a bad like you know bridge quarterback. Yeah, which is what he is. He's a textbook definition of a bridge quarterback. So, 
Right now, the only team I've heard that's interested is Nick is uh, the Jaguars. John D. Filippo is a new offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. He worked with Nick Foles in Philadelphia, so it could be a very good possibility there. The Cowboys have elected not to give Jason Garrett an extension. They have named Kellen Moore their new offensive coordinator, that, which is that came out of surprise. Well, that's a Jerry Jones move. You yeah. know that. Yes, he, he falls in love with people like, and that's Kellen Moore was the quarterback from Boise State. He was with the Cowboys for a few years. And everything. Um, I don't really know what to make of it, so I can't really say if it's a good hire or not. The guy has no experience doing anything. I love Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore will be one of my favorite college players of all time. He's considered one of the greatest, the better college quarterbacks of all time. But, I mean, if this guy's your quarterback's coach and Dak Prescott really does hasn't really, imp- I wouldn't say improved, but like he hasn't taken that next step really. You know he's not. I really. I don't. I still don't think Dak Prescott's your future quarterback. And to promote Kellen Moore to be your OC, that's going to be a tough man because again, you're, he's a young offensive coordinator who now has to work with an ego like Ezekiel Elliott, and of course Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper. I'm not saying he won't do a good job. Far from it. However, I do think it's a bit of a reach for a Dallas Cowboy team who's really trying to make the postseason. Yeah. They're trying to get back to the playoffs that they got there this year. Yeah. You know, and it's not like you know, Kellen Moore has more coaching experience under his belt. He was only the quarterbacks coach for the Cowboys this past year, and now he's the OC already. And the yeah. the kid's twenty nine years old. I think people are just so obsessed with trying to find the next Sean McVay. I agree with that. That makes perfect sense. People are so. Why do you think the Bengals hired Zach Taylor? Yeah, people. He hired Zach Taylor. You saw the uh, the Cardinals going after Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Kellen Moore is the new OC for the Cowboys. But do you see what that is, though? That's a that's a dangerous trend, though. That is. You don't want to do that, I don't think, unless mm. you really feel. Like, for example, if the Arizona Cardinals truly, truly feel that Cliff Kingsbury is the answer, okay, fine. But you need to remember one thing about Cliff Kingsbury. He was not a winning uh, coach at Texas Tech, for starters. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know – I also take into account that he was at USC and then he and then he basically went he left USC because he was started getting head coaching jobs and USC wouldn't let him out of the contract. Yeah. He's never run an NFL offense before. He's never he's never been an NFL I don't, I think he's been a coach in the NFL but not really anything very extreme. And again, you're talking about you're not playing Rice. You're not playing the Citadel. You're not playing Rutgers. And yes, I did mean that. Okay. <laughs> the fact is, is that you're going to be playing the tough competition every week. You're going to be playing the Rams twice a year, the Seahawks twice a year, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. If Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, you're going to be playing Jimmy Garoppolo twice a year. It is going to be a long season for the Arizona Cardinals. The thing is, when you make a head coaching hire, you have to know if this is the guy that you really, really feel is going to lead you to the promised land. Yeah. Now, it makes sense to an extent because Kingsbury and Rosen are both young. They're both inexperienced, and that's what this Arizona Cardinals team is. They're going to be a rebuilding team this year. They are going to have Larry Fitzgerald back for another year, but still, that team is very, very young. So maybe in some sense it makes sense. But but you're talking about taking a risk and developing a guy like Josh Rosen. Yeah, and you could you could hurt this kid if you don't do it properly. You see, like in people are trying to find the next uh, Sean McVay, which I get it. And you said you said it perfectly. It's a risky move, but at least with Sean McVay, 
Sean McVay had prior coaching experience before becoming the the head coach for the Rams. He was the assistant wide receivers coach for the Bucks his first year. Then he was the tight end. Then he was the assistant tight ends coach for the Redskins. Then they promoted him to tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. Then they promoted him to offense coordinator, where he was the OC for three years under Jay Gruden. And then he became the head coach of the Rams right. at the age of thirty-two years mm-hmm. old. He had a resume. Look, Kellen Moore. Look, he's he might be great. We we don't know, but he was only the quarterbacks coach this year, and now he already got promoted to OC. Well, that could be just one of those things where Jerry Jones just loves him. It's kind of like with Jason Garrett. Yeah. Remember how Jason Garrett was always the career backup behind Troy Aikman? Yeah. And he never really played a lot, but everyone said he was going to be a good coach one of these days, and he really, well, quite frankly, really hasn't turned into one. He's been average at best. Yeah. I see the same way he treats Jason Garrett back then the way he treats Kellen Moore now. Mm-hmm. He sees something in Kellen Moore that he thinks he's going to be a terrific coach. And you'll see Kellen Moore's name come up in head coaching jobs if the Cowboys put up big numbers next year on offense. Yeah, well, absolutely. Look, I, I, I wish the best for Kellen Moore. He's still one of my he's still one of my favorite players of all time from college. But look, it's it, it, I think this is just a, you know, a new trend we're going to see with coaches. They're going to keep getting younger and younger, and people are going to keep looking for the next Sean McVay. And on top of that, John Kitna is the new quarterback coach. And saw that. Mm-hmm. So again. This doesn't bode well for Jason Garrett because what this looks like to me is the same way. Who was the coach before Jason Garrett took over in Dallas? Wasn't it Wade Phillips? Was it Wade Phillips? I'm 99% sure it was okay. Wade Phillips. But you knew that Jason Garrett was being groomed for the job, okay? Jason Garrett was being groomed for that job, and he eventually got it. Because when other teams wanted to hire Jason Garrett, when he was the OC in Dallas, I think the Rams were one of those teams when they were in St. Louis – Dallas blocked any interviews with him, and they wound up paying him a ridiculous amount of money for an offensive coordinator because they didn't want to lose him. Mm -hmm. I see the same thing with Kellen Moore. I think they're going to groom this kid to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That's a big step, unless maybe they try to bring in like Mike McCarthy after a year off. Yeah. But it's it's a crazy. I was like deja vu. Like, you're going to groom this kid, and then next year another team's going to be calling, looking for, you know, the next, like you said, the next Sean McVay. Yeah. And they're going to look at Kellen Moore and be like, oh, man, Kellen Moore, he came from the Cowboys, and he had Zeke and, you know, and Dak. I'm curious to see how this works out. 29-year-old offensive coordinator. Jeez. 29 years old. Clint, we missed our calling, man. We should have we been, like, interns at, like, you know, different teams or something. We could be offensive coordinators by the time we were, like, you know. Well, you know, I, I'm going to revert back to Bill Belichick, too, about coaching. You know, I was watching the two Bills, and everyone, the big thing about, you know, for those that know really in depth about Bill Belichick's career, he didn't play NFL football. He didn't. What he did was um, he took an in, uh, unpaid internship with the, I'm pretty sure it was the Browns, and he was just like, whoever the coach was at the time, he was like, "Look, I just want to. I want to. I'll coach under. I want to learn under you for free." He said, "I'll work for free," mm-hmm. and that's where he learned from. He built. It built from there. Built from there. And look where. And look where Bill Belichick is now. Exactly. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. If do you start that young and build up like that, and I think this again, this is where the this is going to be the trend of what we're going to see in coaches. They're going to keep getting younger and younger. As we said before, the Lakers made a huge offer to the Pelicans, according to multiple reports. The deal is for Anthony Davis, and they take back Solomon Hill. I guess, as for whoever that is. 
as a, for like cap relief. Yeah. And in return, they give Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Brandon Ingram, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, and two first-round picks. This deal can't be real. If it was real, real, the Pelicans GM, whoever it is, is a friggin' genius. I take that deal in ten seconds for oh, Anthony Davis. Absolutely. But apparently, like he has like a some vendetta of a trade not trading Anthony Davis, even picking up phone calls. I mean, look, the guy wants out. Well, wants- I think it's also one of those things where, like, well, he knows that Lonzo Ball doesn't want to play in New Orleans. Yeah, which I don't really understand why though. What's so bad about playing in New Orleans? Well, is it Lonzo doesn't want to play in New Orleans, or his dad doesn't want to? No, play? Lonzo is apparently saying he doesn't want to play. It could be his dad too. I'm sure his dad doesn't want him in New Orleans. Hmm. You know, because if he's a big baller, New Orleans is not exactly a big baller city when technically it kind of is, just not for the NBA. Yeah. Just more for Mardi Gras. <laughs> but, I mean, if you go to that team, that team is – I mean, you putting all those guys on this one team, I mean, first of all, Magic Johnson's out of his mind to make this deal. Because who's going to take over the rest of the roster? Yeah. yeah like, LeBron. who is going to be on this roster if you trade all these guys away? You've literally traded not only your draft picks you're over the past three or four years, but basically all the guys you signed this offseason are gone. Yeah, you, you won't have anyone. You'll have... And on top of that, you're dumping two first-round picks. Two first-round picks you need, too. Because, look, the I don't think the Lakers are... Are they even in close to being contention with the playoffs? I don't know where they're at right now. I think they're like seven or eight. I think they're like the seven or eight seed. Either way, look, you trade... And, look, if you have AD and Lonzo... That's great. I mean, not Lonzo. AD and LeBron, that's great. But who else are you going to be playing with? You're, you're literally trading all three of your point guards. Yeah. So you're not going to have any point guards. You're not going to have Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, or Lonzo. So you're what? You'll have Josh Hart. Don't overthink this, man, because that's the problem. Because that you know they're so eager to get Anthony Davis. It's like when the Knicks got Carmelo Anthony. They didn't have to trade all that stuff, but they did because they were so desperate to get Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. They gave up Mozgov, Gallinari, Chandler, Raymond Felton. They gave up draft picks. I mean, they gave up so much stuff when they could have easily gotten Mello as a free agent when mm-hmm. he became a free agent. Uh, I'm just if look if if that was a real trade offer, the Pelicans GM is nuts not to take it. Yeah. Bryce Harper tweeted out uh, apparently during the Super Bowl. He just simply tweeted out the word loading. <laughs> On his account during the Super Bowl, so a lot of people started to think that maybe he's on the verge of signing pretty soon. It is still unbelievable. Now CeCe Sabathia is kind of voicing his displeasure with the fact that these guys are still out there, that being signed, Mm. not being signed yet. But again, this is the changing of the guard in Major League Baseball, folks, and you better get used to it. Yeah, we're going to see this more and more. The big baller free agents are not going to get the deals they want. The teams have wised up now. That's why the players' union is so pissed off. By the way, they're so pissed off because they know the player, the teams have wised up to it. They're not stupid anymore. They're not just going to hemorrhage money to these guys. Long gone are the days when guys like Barry Zito would get hundred and twenty-five million dollar contracts and be just downright terrible. Oh, I wanted the Knicks to sign him so bad. Mets. I mean the Mets. That's the t- second time you screwed it's the blue and orange. Right, what's up with you in the Knicks? Is it Madison Square Garden? Like I think it seriously. is. I'm trying to go play there. All right, good. <laughs> Right. But yeah, I remember when I wanted the Mets to sign him so I thought bad. he was going to sign with the Mets, too. Oh. I thought he was definitely signed, sealed, and delivered to the Mets. I'm so happy they didn't sign him. <laughs> but Harper and Machado, this is, what, this is what their world is, man. This is what it is. So you better get used to it. But the crazy thing is, dude, pitchers and catchers will report next week. Mm-hmm. I think next weekend they, they report, like Friday and Saturday. 
Can you imagine the fact that these guys are still not signed? Yeah, and it's not just those two guys. You know, Machado and Harper are huge names on the market. But like we said, Moustakis, still out there. Kimbrell, still out there. Uh, um, I said Moustakis. Um, Keiko, still out there. Well, I think the Mets should sign. I still think the Mets should sign Dallas Keiko. I'd rather sign Dallas Keiko than Gio Gonzalez. I would love Dallas Keiko. Imagine Dallas Keiko is like your five or your four. Gosh, I would love it. But two guys that were signed before Bryce Harper were Jerry Blevins and Francisco Lariano. Blevins signed a minor league deal with the A's, and Lariano signed a minor league deal with the Pirates. Good deal for Blevins. Good for Blevins. I don't hate. I never hated. Blevins. I was like Jerry Blevins. He was, so a, he was a decent Met. Yeah, he was solid. So I mean, look, A's always a young team trying to get, trying to just find the cheap player with the cheap buck. So that's it, man. But hopefully, well, hopefully, I mean, it's, I have to think this is going to get going pretty soon with everything right around the corner. Games start at the end of February. I would imagine. You know, so I've got to think there's going to be a rush to sign these guys sooner than later. And, again, don't sleep on the Yankees, too, because I think they will. They could swoop in when you least expect it to get Machado over to the Bronx. Yeah. You know, at the very, very last minute. Well, we'd love to stay, but we got to go. And you've been listening to the Moffat on the Mic radio show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you for checking us out, whether on Klim's Periscope feed, the live stream on the Worldwide Sports Network Radio Network website, or the Facebook live feed as well. You can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Um, thank you to everybody for checking us out. Klim, thank you for holding it down like you normally do. Are you here Wednesday? I think I'm going to start coming in on Wednesdays. All right. Is uh, does that mean you're not here Fridays? No, I'm going to be here Fridays. I'm going to be trying. Look to be at here. you, man. I'm going to try and be here as much as I can. All about now. the network. Look at this. Exactly. Look, I mean, I'm all behind it. Love Hustle, new- loyalty, respect. <laughs> but all right, so we might have Klim here on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll let you know. Don't worry. All right. But if not, I will. I will hold it down like I always do. When you're not here. <laughs> so, everybody, thank you for checking us out. Keep listening to all the great shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Chalk Talk, Third and Long, um, and us and Down to the Wire. And uh, we'll be back Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a great night, everybody, and we will talk Wednesday night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.